Welcome to your sanity safe space. Not a fucking issue. With your favorite YouTube podcast duo. You're fucking a white male. And a white female too. Saving the millennial generation in weekly installments. <laughs> Live from a castle tower and his mother's basement. This, this. is Beauty and the Beta. <laughs> and we will make America great again. calling this the Chinese virus. Ethnicity does not cause the virus. The it comes from China. Racist. It's not racist at all, no, not at all. It comes from China, that's why. Fucking own, bitch! In talking about China, you've been very clear about who you think is to blame or where the origin to blame for this virus is. Not is think, a- no, no, I don't think. I know who, where right. it came from. China, China. At least one White House official who used the term Kung Flu. Is that acceptable? Is it wrong? I wonder who said that. that. You know who said that? I'm not sure the person's name. Is it possible that your impulse to put a positive spin on things may be giving Americans a false sense of hope? No, I don't think so. Nearly 200 dead. What do you say to Americans who are watching you right now who are scared? I say that you're a terrible reporter. You are fake news. Very fake news. I can't believe that someone would have so much like hate in their heart. All right, America, go to the YouTube right now. Skag free wherever he is. Big ups to Rebecca for keeping that woke. <laughs> All right, go, go. In five, four, three. I, I can't do it. We'll do it live. We'll do it live. Hello and welcome to the show. It is a great show. It is a terrific show. It is a tremendous show. Frankly, the best you can ask anyone about that. People often do. This is Beauty and the Beta. My name is Matt Christensen. I'm flanked on my right, as always, by my wonderful co-host, Blonde. Welcome. I was on my best behavior with the intro this week. I didn't go back to the horrible well from last week. But uh, but how was your your week one of quarantine? Um, right. pretty miserable sorry the intro is still playing i'm a few seconds behind on our oh on our well, thing it might be a problem during the show that's um, all right you're gonna have to prompt me to play the thing myself i just realized oh okay yeah sorry guys Already great great start so great far. start um the quarantine is i mean we're pretty bored which is you know not much of a concern but i am a pregnant hypochondriac in the midst of a global pandemic. So things are not like going super great. Well, and I'm I have hoping... some post nasal drip. Like every day I wake up and like take my temperature and make my <laughs> husband take his temperature. He's like, we don't have coronavirus. It's fine. How are you I'm doing? Ho- I'm, well, I'm just, uh, as I've been talking about in my videos, it's not even that life is like drastically different. I just, I just hate the state of things. I mean, there's yeah. plenty to hate. There's the disease itself. We're going to talk about all of it tonight. The state of the sickness, the state of the economy, um, the state of supposedly forthcoming government aid that as of like an hour ago is still uh, being held up. Uh, yeah, this this whole thing sucks. I'm trying to maintain optimism for week two. I think that things get better. Like there are some factors that might get better. First of all, if we get some sort of government response passed, that will be at least some source of confidence for the markets and for individual people. And then the more of these tests that go out, 
we get a clearer picture of the state of the sickness in our country and particularly the hot spots and maybe a better picture for what the timeline looks like here. But yeah, this whole thing is sucked. I'm holding out optimism for week two. Those are my points of optimism, two things that could go well in this next week to come. Yeah, I mean, this is a good opportunity for us to try to get rich. The The ethics of which we will discuss later, but now I'm kind of thinking like, maybe I should bend my already pretty malleable sense of morality to try to get rich right now. Are you talking about by doing what? I don't know. But there's I mean, nothing wrong with trying to get rich it. unless you're doing it through unethical means. Um, you know, just, just doing a little bit of price gouging, just to ah. touch a price gouging. <laughs> really thinking know. about jumping in like the entrepreneurial <laughs> spirit. Anyway, obviously we're going to go through it all. It's going to be a, a heavily coronavirus, a heavy coronavirus stream today. Cause obviously that's all there is to talk about. We'll go through all the media reaction too. Cause apparently the, the, it's not the economy we have to worry about. It's not the disease we have to worry about. It's the terms we use to describe it and whether or not they're racist. Oh yeah. And then after we're done with all that, we're actually going to check in with a listener of the show who is a confirmed case of coronavirus. We got to spoke, uh, speak with him earlier in the week and uh, you can hear what he has to say about his experience. Obviously it's anecdotal. It's one experience. I wouldn't say that it's representative of everything, but it's interesting to hear about from a guy that we've spoken to before and who we can trust. Anyway, uh, plus uh, what else? We have to check in on 2020. There is still a presidential campaign going, so sort of. And I Bernie, totally forgot about that. I was thinking about this this week and I was like, oh my gosh, just a few weeks ago, we were just talking about Bernie and Biden. and It just has escaped my notice. Bernie like half quit this week. It seemed like he was gonna, it was reported he was gonna, and then that report got erased. We'll check in with all that. Um, plus, uh, we have, uh, uh, not a hoax hate of sorts, but like a hoax, a hoax claim that I want to discuss. Uh, and then, uh, some surprise cringe to close. That's not that bad. Don't worry. It's not soul crushing or anything like that. We will, uh, oh, great. of course, take super chats on YouTube, Streamlabs, or D live in between topics. <clears throat> Sorry. That's my Corona acting up. But don't give us any of your boogaloo money. <laughs> the boog funds might be more important. Uh, 10 bucks and up on the Sunday show because, of course, we are no good low down money grabbers. It will be all this and more in your favorite couple hours of listening material. Remember, you can find everything show related and support the show over on the website. That's MattChristiansonMedia.com. One of the many things we have featured over on the website is special deals from listener-owned businesses. Of course, this week, our feature business is our friends over at Hero Soap Company. Hero Soap uses no synthetic chemicals, dyes, or fragrances, just fantastic-smelling natural ingredients from a veteran-owned company with a focus on benefiting veteran charities like the Gary Sinise Foundation and the Wounded Warrior Project. Let freedom clean, knowing you are avoiding harmful chemicals and helping worthy pro-America causes in the process. And the best way to keep clean is to subscribe. Not only, not only, there goes my voice. <laughs> oh no! <clears throat> but um, when you subscribe, not only will Hero send you a fresh bar uh, to your door each month so you never run out, but Hero will also match the amount of soap you have purchased and send it overseas to a deployment location. Hero is offering listeners of this show 10% off all of their products using promo code MCLISTENER. Let freedom clean at HeroSoapCompany.com using promo code MCLISTENER for 10% off store-wide. Find everything you need from Hero Soap Company, plus other deals and special offers from the rest of our friendly listener-owned businesses, including Charity Swipes, Phoenix Ammunition, Sonoran Defense Technologies, and more at MattChristiansonMedia.com deals. 
deals for listeners by listeners few uh, pieces of housekeeping, one of which is actually deals page uh, related, but I'll get to that in a second. Um, without revealing too much, in addition to all this coronavirus BS, I've had a hell of a personal day. Uh, I've just, I've had uh, some conflict, a grenade thrown into some of my um, personal plans today. So I've been kind of battling some forces of conflict or forces of negativity. What I'm trying to say is if I seem like I'm a little uh, out of it, if I seem like I'm a little distracted, it's because I, they postponed his gender reassignment surgery. I can't believe not, it. I know. You said you wouldn't say anything. <laughs> no, uh, I'm doing the best I can. And honestly, I can't think of a better way to refresh my mind a little bit and find some peace than to uh, to hang out with you fine folks. And I hope that's true for everybody out there in quarantine land. We're all looking to have a little bit of a fun time. So my, um, my pre-apology, if I screw things up tonight, and I actually have to apologize for another thing at least uh, for something that happened without my knowledge and that I'm really pissed about, to be honest. So uh, this week it came to my attention that one of our feature businesses over on the promo page, on the deals page, actually used the listener contacts page for the meetups to spam email you guys. And, uh, and I thank those of you who made me aware of that as you, as you, speculated uh no i'd never authorized those spam emails uh and because those were never authorized i've severed my relationship with that particular company um as you guys know the contacts page is public and for it to work it really has to be that way and that's why i've tried to be clear on the page listen the information you're submitting will be publicly viewable however i i i have to be clear with you guys i would never intentionally commercialize your information or try to sell it to somebody or something like that. And so I just don't want people having that impression. If this was brought to my attention, to my attention that somebody had planned to go in to use that information to spam email, I absolutely would have said no. Yeah. And that's, that's why I asked that relationship as soon as I became aware of it. And I thank you. I find this surprising. Uh, I couldn't believe this when you told me about it. I was like, it, what? It really pissed me off and it really bummed me out. Yeah, I mean, just generally before the last few months, we had always been like, we're never going to advertise on this. But just the way um, the fee structure has changed and how we've lost advertising and everything like that, we're like, we could help some small businesses and make some money on this channel. We should just do it. And so we've been very picky about the companies we've used. Um, I I only pick people who listen to the show, who like the show and have a product mm -hmm. that that I or we believe in. And so that's what bums me out. Like I, I just, you know, it was, uh, as far as I'm concerned, it was a betrayal of me personally, a betrayal of our audience as well. Yep. So just know, and please, if this happens again, if there's misuse of any let of that know. information, please let me know. And again, understand never my intention for something like that to happen. My only intention is to make it possible for listeners of this show to meet each other and have a fun time. That's it. Other than that, any, any other use is not authorized by me. And so, um, or, or encouraged by me. So thank you guys for, um, for letting me know. <laughs> God, what a weird, a weird series of things to talk about because we got another submission from a listener this week that, um, well, you, you're obviously familiar with Cameo. Cameo is the service where you can pay to get uh, shout outs from celebrities and public figures. So of course, we have previously had shout outs from Rose McGowan a couple times and Rachel Dolezal and the Hodge twins. 
uh, all thanks to our audience, and they've all been quite hilarious. Well, this week, listener Odysseus Horse, I'll give him a shout out for his efforts. Uh, he got us a cameo shout out that was so face meltingly awful that we have ultimately decided not to play it on the show. What it was is a cameo shout out from Desmond, the 10 year old drag kid whose mom has been consistently exploiting him for the last year or two that we've chronicled on this show. And so initially I had thought about playing this at first. I thought, well, should I surprise blonde with this or should I? Thank God you didn't. I would have been really mad. I'm glad. Yeah. I'm glad that we did not do that. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad to hear your perspective. After thinking about it, I was struggling with the ethics of it because I don't want to present this from a entertainment perspective because it's not entertainment. It's child exploitation by his mom. And then I thought about it. I thought, well, if I surprise blonde with it, that's an entertainment element. So I really can't do that. So I I let you see it. And then your position was absolutely not, which I think is probably correct. Even playing it in the context of exposing the child exploitation, we can discuss the child exploitation without actually contributing to it or featuring it or showing it. Yeah. Just to give you guys, it was, he's all dolled up. He had little pins in his hair, like full makeup. It was just like, it was really hard to watch because it was this connection between like our lives and what a huge ethical problem I have with what his mom is doing to him. Yes. Um, And then it just bothers me because whatever amount this person paid them for the cameo, you know, that went right to his mom. It's like, how is this not child labor? Are they not breaking child angle. labor laws? And I, and I want, <clears throat> I want to be clear. I don't, I don't blame that listener at all. You, the listener has actually exposed an element of this that I was not aware of. Yeah. I, I had no idea this was going on to give you guys an idea of what was actually said. Can I, can I read what he said? Or do you think that's too far? Oh no, that's fine. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Desmond said, quote, Hey blonde, it's your favorite person here. I just want to thank you for your support and tell you that you're absolutely right. My family and I are going to be covered in six feet of glitter and glory. Yikes. That to made be it... fair, I've only said that I'll support his defense when he kills his parents. <laughs> I have said nothing about him dying. Although I said that he's probably got a higher chance of suicide because of all this child exploitation. For Desmond's mom to put her child on display for money in that way, but to make him say things or have him say things like that for money. uh, I mean, again, this is, this is just child exploitation. It's child labor debatably. I would say it's potentially appropriate to contact the relevant CPS authorities, but that's already been done a million times. And yeah, nothing happened. Um, You know, this is what happens when dads is Desmond, the one with the dad. I always forget which one has the dad around and which one. Either Lactatia or Desmond has like a very emasculated father. And the other one is raised by a single mom. Um, But you know, this is what happens when fathers aren't there to put their feet down and be like, no, you're not going to sexually exploit my child for money, which is exactly what it was. You should have seen him with like his hair and his makeup. It's just, just makes me sick. And like, I want to reiterate that I know it is not this kid's fault. And that's the reason that I was like, we're not playing this because he is a victim in whatever weird Munchausen situation is going on in his family right now. And, um, you know, he's going to pay for this for like psychologically for the rest of his life. He doesn't understand what the consequences are because he's a child. 
Yeah. Um, and then Lord knows, you know, if if he's already had some sexual abuse in his life at this point. I will, and I will say this too: if there are, and is there's any sort of investigative reporting or any sort of, in, if if this can be used as evidence in that context, I would be willing to share it with individual people as evidence but please don't email me saying like can i just see it i'm not gonna do that. i'm sorry i'm not gonna i can't just let you see it for your own entertainment value but if if people are doing sincere investigative work uh if if it can help what i believe is the victimization of desmond i will absolutely supply that to, to people people in the live chat are saying that both desmond and lactatia have dads that are in the picture hmm. that just remember. seems implausible to me but i'll believe it i know one of them did for sure Anyway, we'll keep it moving along. And uh, well, the uh, the the love affair with um, with surfer surfer mama is uh, is over. Tulsi Gabbard never expected her to last this long, frankly. But here she is. She she finally quit the race this week. So uh, we have to bid adieu to not only Tulsi Gabbard but her highly underrated dad. Aloha. In my past, I said and believed things that were wrong. And worse, they were very hurtful to people in the LGBTQ community. I'm not allowed to marry my daughter or my son. I can't marry my sister or my brother. And I can't marry my dog. Don't open the door to weird marriages. Don't let homosexuals force their values on the people of Hawaii. Don't open the door to weird marriages, says uh, Mike. Well, back, when you're right, you're right. I don't know what to say. Back in the 90s. Well, uh, Tulsi did win two delegates from American Samoa. Shocking. That is two more than top-tier candidate Kamala Harris. So, uh, hey, that's something. And uh, somewhat surprisingly, Tulsi endorsed Joe Biden. Some are disappointed. I don't she know what else. What? She endorsed Joe Biden. That was part of her announcement video. She she quit and immediately endorsed Joe Biden. Tulsi, no. Yeah, that was part of the video on Twitter. Um, I don't know what else she's supposed. To, I, I initially I thought, well, what's she going to do? She's not crazy enough to endorse Bernie. But I looked back. Keep she, your mouth shut. Then she did endorse Bernie in 2016. Maybe that was just anti-Hillary sentiment. But she was a Bernie, a Bernie broette, whatever you want to call her, in 2016. Ugh. Tell what me a about waste uh, of a pair. Well, Andrew Gillum's a waste of something too. What what the hell? I don't. In terms of things, I don't think I can show on the show. There's a I can't picture. believe we can't show these pictures. I, I I've heard people are getting taken down on YouTube for showing the Andrew Gillum body, not body. He basically was a dead body, but not quite. The Andrew Gillum passed out pictures. So that that's are the only one you can't show. Can you show the hotel room in this? Daily I think Mail so. Article? I think it's just like the nudity or something. The reason is now that YouTube has become. Uh, YouTube, their offices are impacted by coronavirus. They posted this statement. Hey, we have less people working on review, so we're just going to ban more stuff. <laughs> Sorry, fewer people. They did, you're right. They said fewer people. Mm. They were grammatically correct. Uh, you're going to see an increase in videos being removed due to automated reviews. So maybe the automation picks it up as like a nudity image. I don't know. Anyway, yes, I can show the, the meth baggies and stuff. What's the latest update on Andrew Gillum? He's in rehab, but this is the aftermath of his drug and booze party at a Florida hotel that left a male escort hospitalized. So last week when we talked about it, for some reason I was under the impression this male escort had died. 
when I see the term overdose, I strongly associate it with death. Mm. Um, but he's fine. <laughs> he's going to be okay. Uh, they found plastic baggies of suspected crystal meth. Empty beer bottles and prescription pills are seen scattered among trash and soiled bedding. Uh, they talk about all these like body fluids that are on bedding. I'm pretty sure some of it's pee and some of it's vomit. Although I'm sure there's some splooge on there somewhere. <laughs> um, so they had prescription and illegal drugs. Um, and dozens of white pills can be seen on the floor and the bedside table along with empty contain containers of uh, cytolopram, I don't know if I'm saying that right, which is an anti-anxiety medication, and gabapentin, which helps combat seizures and nerve pain. So I wonder if they were like preparing for the possibility of an overdose. And there also was a small bottle of an injectable medicine containing alprostadil. I'm butchering all of these, surely. Which is typically used to treat erectile dysfunction. So probably what they were doing is like doing this Viagra type injectable hmm. and then doing crystal meth and then drinking alcohol and then having tons of butt sex and then taking the anti-anxiety medication to come down off of their Who was the? Wasn't there a third person involved? Who was the third person? Yeah. He like helped them rent the room and found, oh. and found them. Yeah. Um, okay. Beer bottles and sheets covered in bodily fluids can also be seen in these photos and cops declined to press charges um, against Dyson who posts X-rated photos and homemade porn movies on his profile page on rent men website. <laughs> okay. Likely and, to and, make a full recovery. He's fine. And Gillum's lawyer has, a uh, has confirmed the nude picture. You can look up yourself is legit. It's not a fake. Mm. So, uh, we, and the other thing is we know some of the screenshots too have a little live indicator indicating it was video. So, and it doesn't look like body cam footage. So not only do we likely have police body cam footage out there, we might have someone else's footage circulating. Keep your eyes peeled. I don't want any more information about this. Although I will say of all the times in human history to be caught banging a gay male escort and doing a bunch of crystal meth as, um, a politician like this is best time people best will forget time. great timing for sure yeah well uh all right we have to move into uh all the coronavirus stuff and i want to start like obviously everybody hates everything about coronavirus from the disease itself to the quarantines to the economic disaster so i figured we could soften the discussion a little bit and start with some of the lighter more comical pieces first i don't know about you but I have been uh, singing or rapping this song all week, particularly the chorus. The, this is a ridiculously catchy rap song from Detroit rapper G-Mac Cash. It uh, hit a million. I thought you were going to play the Emily Yukas song. And that one was good too. I mean, there was I, that was another case where it's like there's way too much effort put into no, this. No, exactly the right amount of effort <laughs> was put into Emily Yukas. Everybody check her out on BitChute. Um, it was so funny. I thought it I was going to pee myself. This one hit a million views over the weekend. It debuted last Sunday. As far as I know, it's just called Coronavirus by G-Mag Cash. Move, bitch, you got coronavirus. Ooh, shit, you got coronavirus. I'ma chill at the crib because I'm safe here. I ain't even about to drink me a Corona beer. So if you got that CV, they gonna find you. If you caught then I ain't trying to be around you. I'm going to try to help them motherfuckers find you. I ain't getting on no train. I ain't even about to drive in my lane. I'm about to stay in the house and play the game. 
bitch. Uh, it's a full yeah. song. You can go listen to it yourself. It's actually very. I had to kind of edit it because it's so copyright restricted on YouTube. See what I can get away with. Mm, I like this wise. feeling of like black and white people in America coming together to hate the Chinese. <laughs> like this is just gonna just everybody everybody together together we can take out the. There Chinese. are some rare moments of unity throughout this, but uh, all weekend I've just been saying that. Move, bitch! You got coronavirus. All weekend long. <laughs> So thank you to GMAC Cash for that. Uh, that, of course, is not the official music video, but rather an unofficial dance to the song. GMAC says it's supposed to be at least a little funny. He says, quote, I try not to promote violence and drugs. I try to show people you can rap about other things and people still listen to your music and like your music. I always try to be different and never label myself the same as anybody else. What can I do different? Because I am different well uh good for you i appreciate the song that's that's probably the only song i'll ever listen to but you you got me on that one uh last week we were kind of doing that informal segment of like how bad is it it's so bad that we're talking Mm -hmm. about isis issuing a travel advisory and mexico closing its border with us and all those sorts of things well here's another entry for that theme it is now so bad that the mayor of baltimore says hey guys come on please stop shooting each other we really need the hospital beds for coronavirus so if you could please just chill out on the gang violence for a week or two we'd really appreciate it this is uh, baltimore mayor jack young urging people to put down their guns because quote we cannot clog up our hospitals and their beds with people that are being shot senselessly because we're doing because we're going to need those beds for people infected with the coronavirus and it could be your mother your grandmother or one of your relatives so take that into consideration well thank you mr young marco rubio had uh, one of my favorite uh, Twitter gaffes. I'm not even clear the second one is a gaffe. This is a legendary moment in just uh, Twitter hilarity, as far as I'm concerned. God, I forgot about him, too. Yeah, well. uh, Little Marco. Little Marco and Lion Ted. But Lion Ted is now Beautiful Ted. So I wonder if Marco Rubio has got a nickname upgrade, too. I haven't heard one. As far as I know, he's still little. Marco Rubio tweeted on, uh, what was it, Monday Please stop spreading rumors, uh, stupid rumors about martial law, completely false. We will continue to see closings and restrictions on hours of non-essential businesses in certain cities and states, but that is not martial law. You'll note that not once, but twice it is spelled M-A-R-S-H-A-L-L as in Marshall Mathers. Everyone on Twitter saying, I can't believe martial law was never an actual Eminem album. Uh, He never really thought of that pun, I guess. So everybody goes and rips Rubio and makes fun of him because it's funny. And then he responds, quoting his own tweet, saying, I apologize for the typo. I meant to type stupid rumors about marital law, not martial law. My bad. M-A-R-I-T-A-L. I I didn't have a ton of time to look at this before the show. I can't tell if this was just a a great high-level troll by him or if he actually accidentally had another typo. But uh, Uh... so I don't know. If it was an intentional troll, A plus. If it was an it's accidental, an easy, it's an easy typo to make. I could see like phone autocorrect. It was Twitter for iPad, so same thing, same autocorrect. Mm. Because marital is probably a more. I could see it autocorrecting to marital. That probably happened, That's but I don't know. So dumb. You know? It's just it's just funny to correct a typo with another typo. That's all. I obviously I don't care that he had a typo in the first place, but it's the follow up that makes it funny. Yeah. 
anyway, all right, so the state of the disease, all laughs aside, uh, testing, of course, is ramping up across the country. So we're getting a clearer picture of where coronavirus hotspots are. And as of this afternoon, we have 31,000 confirmed cases across all 50 states. New York has been hit the hardest by a mile, at least in terms of confirmed cases, with 15,168. After that, it's New Jersey at about 1,900, Washington State at about 1,800, and California with about 1,200. Mind you, these are tested and confirmed cases. So these are good proxies for where the sickness is most present, but without testing everyone it's not really an exact measurement for how many people in fact have it and remember as you see these numbers increase in the next few days and over the the next few weeks this doesn't necessarily imply a massive spike in the disease itself i think it's fair to say the infection the disease is spreading Mm. but some of this increase is also explained by an uptick in the testing itself so don't don't go too alarmist i'm not gonna i'm not gonna say oh it's fine nothing's happening here But we also don't need to be too alarmist about these numbers. Some of that is actually, it's good to have the tests being conducted so that we know where the issue is. That's part of the equation here. Um, We also have 389 total deaths across the country, at least as of this afternoon. As of now, that would be a death rate of 1.3% among confirmed cases. But of course, there's presumably a massive amount of unconfirmed cases out there. So death rate, um, much lower in all likelihood, but... Still, we've got, you know, creeping on 400 people uh, dead in the last few weeks from coronavirus. And when we spoke last week, I couldn't believe that, like, Massachusetts at the time had banned restaurant eating. I, I let alone expected that to come to basically every part of the country, as far as I can tell, um, including my state, I assume, including your state. Yeah. So, you know what I heard today? Huh? Middle East uh, Respiratory Syndrome. Have you, yeah. you've heard about that mares? It yeah. has a fatality rate of 34 and a half percent. I was looking at some of the data. I probably should have, a, a listener sent me a great data breakdown. I should have saved it and shared it on the show, but maybe I can share it on Twitter or something later, but it really breaks down um, all of these known outbreaks, these known pandemics that uh, based on, uh, so there's a chart there that compares its um, the level of contagiousness and the level of deadliness. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> You know, clearly I'm dealing with my own case of Corona still, but, um, and according to the available data, at least MERS and and SARS were much more deadly than coronavirus, but not as contagious. So with MERS and SARS, you saw fewer, be proud of me, fewer cases globally, but a higher death rate. That is, if you got it, you were in more trouble, Right. but the likelihood of getting it was lower. That's what it looks like as of now. But of course, as we get more and better data, that might change. Anyway, California, of course, was the first state to announce a statewide shelter in place order this week. All residents are expected not to leave home at all, except for essential trips to the grocery store and other requirements. Quote unquote, non-essential businesses are expected to close, though there's really no clarity on what a essential or non-essential business means across all of these state lines. So... The reality is these governments mostly don't have a clear picture on this sort of thing. They're not setting clear rules that make a lot of sense. It, it appears to me that they're just going as restrictive as possible with the aim of mass compliance. And to that point, I've seen little in terms of actual enforcement so far. I'm very worried about statements 
of intended enforcement. That is to say, you know, Eric Garcetti saying we're going to deputize city leadership to drive yeah. around and enforce this against businesses who don't comply. But in all fairness, I have not seen a lot of evidence of that actually happening with any sort of force. But <clears throat> we're also seeing these uh, these orders go out over the weekend. So maybe we'll see some enforcement. New York, as of this evening, is also under statewide shelter in place order in Pennsylvania. The governor has ordered all non-life sustaining businesses to close, which I also hate that language. Like what doesn't every business sustain a life? It's just, you're right. What about the I, business owners? I, I, I don't like that language. But um, New Jersey has a 24-hour curfew. In effect, non-essential businesses must close. Ohio and Louisiana just issued similar stay-at-home orders this weekend as well. You will likely see this trend spread uh, more to additional states before you'll see it reverse. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I'm not going to go on into some rant about my um, concerns with this because I've been talking about that all week. But uh, but yeah, I, I have uh, a lot of issues with some of these decisions. And uh, you know, so does the market. Obviously, it's been a rough uh, week for the economy. The um, the markets have, of course, been up and down, totally volatile uh, all, all week uh, all week long. But now this week we reached the state where the gains from the Trump presidency have now been entirely wiped out. So all the gains since Trump took office, they're gone. Um, and not only that, but we are seeing what is his already historic unemployment claims. And we're probably nowhere near how bad this is going to get. So um, people are going to lose health insurance. Too. Yeah, as a result. Uh, you know, if, if you expect businesses to simply halt and no revenue to come to them, they don't actually have a pile of money to hand to their workers in the back room. So those workers will be released and, and they will be filing unemployment claims. Labor department numbers say unemployment, unemployment claims rose to 281,000 last week. That's an increase of 70,000 from the week prior. So oh plus 70,000 just this last week that right to put that in perspective. So you know what that number means? That rise is larger than any week to week movement that occurred during, uh, during or since the 2008 financial crisis. Okay, that's major, and it is forecasted to worsen significantly this week based on preliminary news reports from 15 states. So after government difficulty in providing resources to manage this issue and government-enforced stoppage of the economy and a ton of businesses, the only hope to get us out of this problem is, of course, um, thank God it's a bird, it's a plane, it's the government. They're here to solve all your government-related issues. Oh, no. Uh, they're here to save the day from themselves. But if, uh, as of like an hour ago, the Senate has failed to move forward with their coronavirus relief package, stimulus package, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Congress, unsurprisingly, is having trouble getting anything done it's not clear that a deal will even pass soon or immediately this week senate republicans rolled out originally a trillion dollar proposal that would include cash payments of up to twelve hundred dollars for individuals corona bucks all around everyone gets some unless you make a hundred thousand dollars or whatever the rule was uh the bill also would have extended 108 billion to ailing big businesses including airlines and loans oh, to small businesses why? bailouts for airlines bailouts for other industries and That's loans such bullshit. to if if they they were doing fewer flights, then why should they be bailed out? It's like you're doing less business. Good question. 
The loans, uh, there were also loans uh, planned for small businesses with less than 500 employees. The tax deadline, as far as I understand, has in fact been extended now. That was being debated for a minute, but now you have until July 15th before they steal more of your money to give you back more of your money. However, <laughs> they got to pay for a lot of administration and pensions in the meantime. Um, but yes, as you can see on your screen tonight, the Senate failed to move. It's now $1.4 trillion package forward amid democratic opposition. It didn't go far enough. Democrats say, because it doesn't provide enough health care and unemployment aid for Americans. And there's too much. We can't just conjure this money. We already are in a, an insurmountable amount of debt. We're supposed we, to be accruing a surplus in the event that something like this happens. And now that it's happened, everybody's fucked. We'll just ban everyone from being productive and then give them money based on what? There's no more productivity. Where did that money come from? What are you talking about? Anyway, uh, Mitch McConnell has pledged to keep working and have another vote uh, at a time of his choosing. Right now, that time remains unclear. One would hope it will be quick. I mean, when I, when I say that, I want to be clear. I generally um, oppose on principle bailouts. I oppose on principle government cash payments. I much prefer, I would much prefer, how about you just steal less of our money and we keep it in our pocket? Maybe that would help alleviate this a little bit better and we could save on time and administration costs and all that. When I say... Um, when I hope for immediacy here, what I'm really hoping for or trying to find the silver lining of is some source of confidence or certainty. That's what everybody's looking for right now. And we don't have it. We don't have it um, because Congress can't get its act together. Take your pick on who to blame. The Democrats want a larger government takeover than the, the Republicans are prepared to offer. Whatever. What else is new? I mean. I feel like in an uncharacteristic show of positivity, we should do some kind of weekly white pill until this blows over. Maybe that'd be a good segment. Um, I know we have more in this segment, but I did want to point out that people in my neighborhood, my very homogenous, low crime, beautiful, conservative neighborhood. Oh, people, good for you. <laughs> people look so super happy. Um, everybody's with their families all the time. People are sitting in the park. People are cooking um the dogs have never seemed happier mm, a lot of more attention for them probably yeah uh and it just seems like morale here is really good huh really good yeah that's uh, for me it's been driving around town it's weird it's eerie like we were going to get some takeout on friday night and there's usually you know some traffic by montana standards i know that doesn't compare to big cities but it, it, the town is hopping. You know, we're a college town too. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of college kids around. There's a lot of young professionals around people out at the bars, people out at the restaurants. It was a ghost town, man. Places where you would never be able to park. Usually totally open, like not just open spots, nobody there. Oh, Empty people parking are just, I mean, stuff. people aren't doing anything. Uh, they're not going into shops and stuff like that, but everybody's going on their walks. Everybody's engaging in, yeah. in nature. I visited a museum today and it was fine. It was open? It wasn't banned? Yeah, but I didn't see another human being there. Wow. It's a uh, museum in North Idaho. I mean, as far as the, um, as far as uh, Democrat opposition to this, it, it, you know, apparently they want more significant economic takeover than Republicans are prepared to offer. Uh, Bernie Sanders, what was his tweet this week? Um, let me find it. Bernie Sanders tweeted this on Wednesday. It's been estimated that unemployment, the unemployment rate could hit 20% if we don't act boldly. 
a one or two time check isn't good enough. The government must tell every small and mid-sized business owner that will cover 100% of their payroll. How? How? If they don't lay off anyone during this crisis. Uh, that's as I was replying to him. That's a hell of a magic wand, man. I, I show me where you just create this magic money that's somehow worth something, and this isn't just a recipe for hyperinflation. I would love to know that. Uh, and Chuck Schumer says much the same. Chuck Schumer on MSNBC says he wants unemployment benefits on steroids that will guarantee everyone's salary at the at the number they or at the level they had before. If they're fired, not just for coronavirus, but for any reason, listen oh to this. God. We beef up unemployment insurance in a huge way that's never been done before. You call it, we call it unemployment on steroids or employment insurance. You lose your job because of this crisis or any other reason. The federal government will pay you your full salary for four to six months. We're trying to get six for the whole time. And that way, you will have money every month. You will have money at the same level you were making before. And you will be able to at least pay your bills. Uh, uh, and then, if the crisis is over, you'll go back to your old job. Because you'll have your bills. The company will just furlough you. And that'll work. Do these people not understand the concept of inflation? Or do they just not get, give a shit? Uh, well, if that, if that passes, I'm stopping the show. And I will have lost my job for any reason. And Chuck Schumer has to super chat me for six months at the, at the same rate. Same rate. Because I'm not doing anything productively anymore. I mean, this is, this is such madness. Uh, is this it? <laughs> is, is, this, is this the end? Is this how we nuke our economy? Is this the uh, Booga flu? Is it happening? I guess my question, people are using that language too, that maybe the flu is the, 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 the Wuhan flu is the catalyst to, uh, to social revolution. Maybe it is the ultimate collapsitarian gift. Well, I mean, everybody wants to act like this is some kind of effing surprise. And it might be, although, you know, diseases are coming out of viruses are coming out of China all over the last century in the last several centuries. However, we have been recognizing for quite a while now that we are one unforeseen economic event away from complete societal collapse. So is this that much of a surprise to anybody? It just I, happens to be a Chinese virus. Yeah. I mean, and to what Chuck Schumer said too, like, Oh, we'll just tide you over until the bit, until we give you the green light and then the business will just hire you back and that'll work. Will it though? Can you just shut off even, even a well-run financially stable business? Uh, can they really survive six months with nearly zero revenue and it won't just go away? Sorry for the Corona burp, but that seems like a big assumption to me. And the other question too, is if this was possible, why wouldn't, I mean, why wouldn't we just do that all the time? Yeah. Why doesn't everybody get a hundred thousand dollars salary guaranteed from the government? Why doesn't that work? Oh, right. People have to be productive. You actually have to have an economy where people are producing things of value mm -hmm. for this to make any sense at all. You can't just print money and have it. Anyway, take your lesson from Venezuela or wherever else you want. I mean, people are this. going to have to adapt the work that they'll do to meet the new economic needs. I mean, yeah, so there's something to be said in these kinds of economic catastrophes is that new needs arise. Yeah. And there are places um, to be filled. There are economic needs to be filled. Sure. So if you can manufacture like a shitload of sterile masks at this point right now, 
in in America, then like that's what yeah, you do. that's great. That's entrepreneurial, and it's it's to the benefit of society if you're if you're able to put something like that together. I just yeah. want to emphasize. I know that. You know, some some people think that I'm I'm too far on the the liberty end of this that I that I am not giving enough credit to the emergency that coronavirus is. Oh, you just care about the economy, you don't care about people's lives. Type criticism. Well, the economy is people's lives, and every business that goes another week forcibly shuttered by the government is someone's life and all of their customers' lives. So yes, I care about the life of grandma. I care about the life of someone who's hospitalized with a chronic condition that makes them vulnerable. I also care about the life of my neighbor who runs the small business down the street. And I don't trust Chuck Schumer to hand him a funny money check to save the day. There, I'm, I'm, you know, obviously, I'm not happy with the way this is being handled. But I just want to clarify the position for, for people who think that it's, it's too cold-hearted to accept anything less than full government takeover to handle this emergency. Right. And then we're harming a lot of lives by doing this. Yeah. I mean, people aren't talking about the health consequences of an economic downturn Yeah, because they aren't um, like so immediately seen. They aren't like, like the coronavirus is absolutely. But when people lose health insurance, they aren't going in for things that they would have gone in for before. Uh, and then some of some of those people are going to die. Younger people are going to be supplanted in ICU for older people because they arrived first. You know, um, I'm already getting subpar prenatal care <laughs> because yeah. of the coronavirus. So there are going to be um, externalities and implications because of this that people seem unwilling to recognize. Like this is why this is why long term keeping the economy healthy is so important because recessions actually kill people. The idea that we can all have healthy, prosperous lives in the absence of a healthy, prosperous economy is silliness. Mm -hmm. We're all screwed if that yeah. thing falls apart much further than it is. Um, tell me about this insider trading scandal. Because yeah. um, there was a ton of outrage about this. You seem less concerned than the Twitter, the Twitter activists. I, I know I'm going to get, oh, it's going to be like Iran all over again. I'm going to get ripped apart for this because I have, I have a nuanced perspective on the insider Ooh. trading thing. Right. Um, I understand why people hate these people's guts because in a time where the average citizen is doing very badly and we're all scared and freaking out, especially about our personal finances, our property values, our portfolios, um, all of these already rich uh, senators and politicians are dumping stock and trying to save their wealth. Um, so, I get why everybody's mad about this. This is really shady. It's really skeevy and probably unethical. However, I'm going to need more evidence that they were given um, like truly insider information at this briefing that they had. So a number of senators sold their stock holdings after being briefed about the coronavirus and the massive impact it will have upon the economy. That is the that is super vague that is the most information i can find about hmm. what actually happened during said briefing um a few of them especially richard burke came out and was like everybody needs to relax this is not a huge deal it's going to be fine and that's another reason this is pissing everybody off um but he he's a senator from north carolina he's also the chairman of the senate intelligence intelligence committee he sold 33 stocks held by both him and his spouse and the value of the sales is estimated between 600,000 and 1.72 million. Now, some of those stocks were in sectors hit hard by the outbreak. 
And okay, Loeffler, Senator Kelly Loeffler, she also did this. Um, she sold stocks valued at around 1.275 million to 3.1 million uh, to avoid potential losses. And she also purchased stocks in two companies that were deemed to benefit from coronavirus, including one company that offers teleconferencing software, uh, which mm -hmm. helps people work remotely from home. If I understand this correctly, this happened in February. So this might have just been good foresight. I don't know. Uh, she did have, she's married to the head of the New York Stock Exchange and she had 25 years experience in finance. So this might just have been her like seeing the writing was on the wall. Um, Diane Feinstein, um, she sold stock owned by her and her husband valued between 1.5 million and 6 million between January 31st and February 18th. Hmm. So from what I can tell, almost all of these transactions happened between January 31st and, um, and the end of February. Now by January 31st, irrespective of what they said in the briefing, which they very well might've gotten additional information that the general public didn't have. By January 31st, a bunch of people had already died in Wuhan and there had already been many confirmed cases in several European countries. Um, so my thought on this is that in the absence of the information that they were briefed on, that many of these transactions could have been made with information that was already available to the general public. So if I find out in this briefing that what they were told was this is going to affect um, all companies that have supply lines in China, this is going to affect Chinese companies or any other companies that uh, are heavily vested in China or manufacturing there, or that it's going to spread to mainland USA. I'm going to have to say that that's insufficient evidence of insider trading. I think for me, it's it's smoky enough that I would like to see this investigated, and I would like to know as much about these uh, these confidential meetings as possible that, that we can see without compromising national security or whatever reasons, whatever the reasons are that they're confidential. I have not I have not seen sufficient evidence to say with certainty that they engaged in unethical or illegal insider trading. But I think this there's enough really smoke. shitty. I mean, it's really there's shitty. enough smoke here. I want to see yeah. more. I hope this gets investigated. Um, and, but yeah, to your point on what would satisfy me, not necessarily law, but uh, as in terms of an insider trading ethics breach, if they were given specific information about a specific company that the public was not, uh, aware of or the public information the public did not have or could not have and they traded on that information yes mm -hmm. i would consider that a massive ethics breach and uh, a, a political right. game ender for me if i was one of their constituents i think um as you said as a political matter they're probably all in really hot water except for diane feinstein who's from california and she can literally kill people on the street as donald trump said and those californians will still vote for her but i think i, mean, the, I think the rest might have some political consequences they're saying it was a blind trust that they didn't have um you know executive decision over what was in their own portfolio which is surely bullshit. but i I'm apprehensive to call this insider trading because it was so one of the reasons is it was so brazen. Like they had to know that the that the optics on this were going to be just terrible. Um, and then nobody's come out with the specifics of what was what was in this briefing. And right. it could do they could legally be insider insider trading before 2012. 
I'm, I'm surprised the law is only that old. Uh, that, yeah. that is very surprising to me. I did not know that. Yes. But uh, all right, we still have media coverage to get to. And then I want to, of course, get to our interview with our listener. It was a confirmed coronavirus case. So let's just keep it moving. And you think we take a super chat break after the interview? Does that sound like a plan? Sure. Yeah, it's a little bit of a bulk of time. So thanks for patience on the part of our super chatters. But uh, oh, we we'll, aren't we'll... getting as, viscer- as eviscerated in the live chat as I expected. Oh, well, wait till wait till the comments that you will <laughs> read over obsessively Nuh-uh. during your quarantine. Anyway, uh of course the disease is spreading, the economy is crashing, we have members of Congress potentially dumping stocks on insider information. We'll find out. Still, uh, a focal point for media this week was whether saying the virus is from China is racist or not. On Wednesday, Trump held a press conference about the virus and efforts uh, in the administration's efforts to combat it. And several of the questions from reporters were about whether it's racist to call uh, to call the virus Chinese, to call it the Chinese virus. Here's what some of those questions sounded like. Why do you keep calling this the Chinese virus? There are reports of dozens of incidents of bias against Chinese Americans in this country. Your own aide, Secretary Azar, says he does not use this term. He says ethnicity does not cause the virus. Why do you keep using this? Because it comes from China. It's not racist at all. No, not at all. It comes from China. That's why. And talking about China, you've been very clear about who you think is to blame or where the origins of blame for this virus is. Not think. No, no. I don't think. I know who, where it came from. I I don't know if you'd say China's to blame. Certainly, we didn't get an early run on it. It would have been helpful if we knew about it earlier. There are some, at least one White House official, who used the term Kung Flu, referring to the fact that this virus started in China. Is that acceptable? Is it wrong? Are you worried that that having this virus be uh, be talked about as as a Chinese virus, that that might I wonder focus, who said that. that. You know who said that? that? I'm not sure the person's name, but would you condemn He's, the fact say that the Kung term again. Flu, a person at the White House used the term just the Kung term. Flu. My question is, do Kung you think flu. that's wrong? Kung flu. <laughs> and do you think using the term Chinese virus, that puts Asian Americans at risk, that people no, might target them? No, not at all. I think they probably... Uh, would agree with it 100%. Thank you all very much. Then they're all like, Mr. Vice President, Mr. Vice President, do you agree? Mr. Vice President, do you agree with the term Chinese virus? Oh, man. Dr. Burks, do you believe that this is a Chinese virus? Is that okay to say? Thank you for getting to the bottom of the issue. Appreciate it. Who cares? The the reference to Kung Flu, of course, is about this CBS reporter, uh, Wijia Zhang. I don't know how to say her name. She, she says, this morning, a White House official referred to coronavirus as the Kung flu to my face. Makes me wonder what they're calling it behind my back. Of course, she does not name the official, as Trump was questioning that other reporter. Uh, yeah, who said that? Well, I don't know. Oh, okay. That's kind of convenient that you don't know. Uh, probably chalk this one up to a case of hoax hate. But even if it isn't, even if this actually happened, you're telling me, Wajia Zhang, that you're a reporter who is supposed to have the confidence and the courage to go get the crucial truths from the highest ele- the highest points of power in this country but you're turned away by mere words yeah y- i y- mean y- our economy is in the toilet people are dying from this everybody's scared making runs on grocery stores but like still they care about whether or not something is racist um 
why is everybody get so mad about about even if this is racist if true don't care not a yeah, priority uh, we have worse matter. problems than racism a washington post reporter got this photograph in trump's prepared comments he crossed out corona and wrote chinese so that he'd be sure to call it the Chinese virus. Now, part of that is the sincere elements that, listen, this came from China. Not only that, the spread of it was worsened by the fact that the Chinese government covered this up. There's that merit. But yeah. the, other, the other part of this is like, the more you guys push against this, the funnier it is to keep repeating it. They haven't learned their lesson, apparently. And it's getting really concerning. I'm not saying that they're taking their directions from China, but we have a significant portion of our media that is repeating or parroting Chinese state-run propaganda talking points. I mean, this yeah. account, China Xinhua News, however you say it, this thing, I mean, I rarely tell someone to just go go fuck yourself, fuck all the way off. I don't do that very often. But this, this state-run media account from China, I've said it a couple times to them. Here's an example. It's a distraction tactic. Yes, it's racist, but he's doing it so people are talking about that instead of his lies and incompetence. Well, thank you, Chinese state-run media. Thank you for your uh, competence and leadership. Bullshit. Okay, flu of 1968 was called the Hong Kong flu. Uh, flu of 1956 um, was called the Asian flu. Other flu, pan what about the Spanish flu, which actually probably originated in China? Uh, oh, I heard bubonic, it was Kansas. Whatever. Bubonic plague. I I've heard that it, it did originate there, but I've also heard that it, it originated in, in China. I don't know if that's true. Uh, Black Death probably originated in China. Um, you know, this is this is how we name these viruses. It's fine. I appreciated Michael Malice's tweet this week. He said, we now have data to demonstrate that if terrorists unleashed a biological weapon, a large portion of the corporate press would be focused on demanding the survivors refer to the plague by the proper terminology. Well put. And I think that's 100% true. Uh, that all led up to Trump's encounter with Peter Alexander, Jim Acosta Jr. Remember, Peter Alexander of NBC News was defending uh, Jim Acosta to Trump previously and gotten a scuffle, gotten kind of a verbal scuffle with him uh, prior. But Peter Alexander was doing his Jim Acosta impression and making himself the hero of his own story. So. Uh, this is being presented as though Trump just unfairly attacked Peter Alexander, as we'll play in full context. Peter Alexander was questioning Trump about whether Trump's optimism about a drug treatment for coronavirus is valid or not. This treatment, um, Dr. Anthony Fauci, the director of the National Institute for Allergy and Infectious Diseases, he's not optimistic about this particular treatment, at least not as much as Trump is because Fauci says the evidence is anecdotal and it's not clinically or scientifically tested. But Trump is going out there saying, we think this thing is promising. So Peter Alexander is challenging Trump on selling what he views as that unjustified hope. And then he asks Trump to say to Americans who feel hopeless, what he says to them. So that's when Trump rips into him. This is what the exchange sounded like. Is it possible that your impulse to put a positive spin on things may be giving Americans a false sense of hope? No, I don't think so. Representing preparedness so. right now. No, I don't think so. I think that uh, I think it's got you know, the not yet approved drug. Such a lovely question. May work, may not work. Uh, I feel good about it. It's all it is, just a feeling. I, you know, I'm a smart guy. I feel good about it. Nearly 200 dead. 14,000 who are sick, millions, as you witnessed, who are scared right now. What do you say to Americans who are watching you right now who are scared? 
Uh, I say that you're a terrible reporter. That's what I say. (laughs) I think it's a very nasty question. And I think it's a very bad signal that you're putting out to the American people. The American people are looking for answers and they're looking for hope. And you're doing sensationalism and uh, the same with NBC and Comcast. I don't don't call it Comcast. I call it Comcast. Let's see if it works. It might and it might not. I happen to feel good about it. That's a fine answer. And, and, and Peter Alexander is, um, he's saying it was a fair question, but it's actually a question that Trump can't win because if Trump sells hope, well, then he's too pie in the sky. You're, you're talking about nonsense. That's unsubstantiated. You're too hopeful. You're too optimistic. That's the context for the question. If he does, uh, if he doesn't sell the hope, then Americans are scared and they're in need of reassurance. There's no winning. Um, Peter Alexander responded on MSNBC and again, like his hero, Jim Acosta, he, he made himself the center of the story. You were asking questions that are fact-based and he exploded against you. And I, I don't know how you maintained uh, the calm that you did. In TV terms, we call this a softball. I was trying to provide the president an opportunity to reassure the millions of Americans, members of my own family and my neighbors in my community and plenty of people sitting at home right now. This was his opportunity to do that, to provide a sort of positive or uplifting, uplifting message. Instead, you saw the president's answer to that question right now. The bottom line is this is a president whose experiences in life are very different than most Americans, not a person who likely worries about finances or had, not a person who in the course of his life is worried about his future, not a person who's worried about where he'll find a paycheck. It's evidenced by the president suggesting that an opportunity to provide for Americans some reassurance about how they should feel right now, the president instead instead took it out on me. What a douche. Uh, yeah. Okay, so uh, I love this idea that Trump has no connection to average Americans. I mean, maybe, maybe not. I'm, I, obviously, he didn't grow up in a typical uh, in a typical average American way. But you journalists, are you guys the ones who are really connected to small town America? Uh, th- you know, thanks for saving us from the dangers of political incorrectness and all this in, in these trying times. But it, again, it wasn't a softball question. It was a no win question. Uh, Alexander says this was his opportunity to provide a positive message. The premise of your entire line of questioning is that Trump is too positive. That's how we got there. So it was not an opportunity for Trump to be positive. He was being positive and you were saying that's unjustified that of course you're only seeing one part of alexander's question and then trump ripping into him because orange man bad he's mean and evil that's how that's how it's presented to everybody other outlets are calling for media to stop broadcasting trump's press conferences entirely this washington post column saturday headline the media must stop live broadcasting trump's dangerous destructive coronavirus briefings trump has proven time after time that he doesn't care about truth and he puts his financial and political self-interest above that of the public and that he has no understanding of the role of the press in a democracy and now lives are on the line so rachel maddow says the same thing we have to stop playing unedited trump because lives are in danger there is a clear pattern here in this crisis of the president promising stuff that he knows america would love to hear but it's not true. He is consistently lying and giving you happy talk that is stuff that the federal government isn't actually doing. If it were up to me, and it's not, I would stop putting those briefings on live TV. Not out of spite, but because it's 
misinformation. If the president does end up saying anything true, you can run it as tape. But if he keeps lying like he has been every day on stuff this important, we should, all of us, should stop broadcasting it. Honestly, it's going to cost lives. She cries a lot for a lesbian. Was she crying? Every time I see her, she's like, ooh. She's right there. Um, It's, you know, it's up to the American public whether or not they think that he's lying i mean he straight up says like i don't know if this is going to work or not but i have a good feeling about it if you think that that is truth then like you have a real problem listening to politicians we all have to remember that trump is a politician yeah it's up to you i I agree and i I just find their newfound skepticism to be hilarious because in all other contexts and including this one centralize all the power make sure one person has all the power to wave a magic wand and do everything okay here's trump Here's Trump with a lot of power from the federal uh, from his federal podium as the president of the United States. Oh, no, no, don't exercise your power that way. Don't do that. We don't like it that way. Okay, well, this is the bed you've made. uh, So good luck with it. And I'd be with them if they were actually um, sticking up for people's rights to consume information and decide issues for themselves. But that's not what they want. What Rachel Maddow wants is to control information for people to consume. They still want the top down control. Uh, they just want to be the ones at the top. Yep. That's exactly. that's what this uh, comes down to. And real quick, before we get to our um, interview with our listener, uh, you know, we can't count on Congress to save us. We can't count on Trump, if you ask Rachel Maddow, of course. We can't count on the media to save us. Uh, we can't uh, we can't count on much of anybody. We can, of course, count on out-of-touch celebrities to give us a message from their respective <sighs> quarantines. Don't make me watch this again. It's so I did clip it very briefly. Back in 2016, they would, of course, always do these PSA videos of them talking in sequence about how Orange Man bad and all that. Well, now they're singing John Lennon's Imagine. This was everywhere this week, so don't worry. I'm not going to subject you to the entirety of it. But in case you were you know, fully quarantined and not on the Internet, uh, this is what it sounded like. Imagine there's no Gal Gadot's Instagram page, by the way. She's way fine, though. No hell below us. Above us only sky. I don't know half these people. Imagine all the people living for today. Oh, thank you, Sarah. Loved it. Really nailed it. Thankfully, this was uh, this was panned even by the left. I saw critical pieces in the Daily Beast and Slate and the New York Times and elsewhere. So that was good to see. Better yet, it was ripe for parody. Uh, Jack's Films made this into, uh, I think, a much more unifying song. Somebody once told me the world was gonna roll me. I ain't <laughs> the sharpest tool in the shed. She was looking kind of <laughs> dumb with her finger and her thumb in the shape of an on her forehead. And you well, the years start coming and they don't stop coming. Woo! I <laughs> to the rules and I hit the ground running. Uh-oh. Hey now, you're an all-star. Get your game on. Go play. Is that Nora Jones? Hey now, Mike. you're a rock star. Get the show on. Get paid. And all that glitters is gold. Only shooting stars breaks the mold. <laughs> we did it, Reddit. We fixed Corona. Good for him. It's all over. And uh, actor Nick Searcy did his own uh, parody version mocking the celebrities, which was also great. Imagine there's no audience 
isn't hard to do. You've told half of them you ate them. What the hell do you think they're gonna do? Yeah. You may say I'm a trumper, but I'm not the only one. Hope someday you'll join us and go out and buy a gun. <laughs> I just. I loved that line. I had to get it in there. So good, good for Nick Searcy. I appreciated it. Oh, that's so much cringe. All right. Um, we got our interview with uh, with our with our listener who uh, is a confirmed coronavirus case. What do you think? Should we do that, or should we take a quick break before we run into it? Um, I I really have to go to the bathroom. Okay. We we will uh, we'll do that now then. So um, as I mentioned, this is one of our listeners in uh, New York who actually is a confirmed diagnosis of coronavirus. He joined us uh, late in the week to discuss it. Um, uh, so, so don't listen to what we think or what the news thinks. Listen to what uh, listener Zach thinks. Uh, it's a brief interview, just about uh, 15 minutes. So, uh, we'll see you on the other side of that and we'll catch up with super chatters and the rest, uh, and the rest of the show as well. Welcome back. We are pleased to welcome to the show listener Zach, who has been battling a confirmed case of coronavirus. Zach, thanks for making time for us, especially when I'm sure you haven't been feeling particularly well lately. Yep, yep. Well, glad to help out. I mean, I guess this is a mild case, so I mean, I guess people need to hear it. Well, I figured we'd just just start with the obvious, which is, can you describe your experience with the sickness? So, what are your symptoms like? How long has it been? How does this compare to other sick experiences you've had in your life? Well, before we go there, I'll just just lay out the foundation that I'm not in any risk group at all. Mm-hmm. So I'm not elderly. I have no underlying health conditions. Um, I'm healthy. Um, so, you know, I, I was, they were never really, they never, se- no one ever seemed that concerned about me, which sounds bad now that I said it. <laughs> I, uh, I get what you mean relative to other people, not yes. you as an individual, but yes, I understand. Yes. Um, I've been battling it for about a week since symptoms, uh, first started. Um, I was a confirmed case and so I knew when the sickness started, I knew what it was. So really, uh, so it didn't linger in your mind. You weren't thinking like, Oh, maybe I have it or off chance. I have it. You kind of knew right away. No, they had, they had called me and told me I had tested um, positive. So you so, took the test right away. <clears throat> yes. Yes. Um, we can get into yeah how I found out a little bit later, but, uh, started off with a cough just a cough that would just linger and just not go away. And then all of a sudden uh, in came the sore throat, sore throat, uh, followed by uh, a fever. Now my fever never got that bad. I think I got, I was pushing one Oh two. So it wasn't like a, a really dangerous fever and you just, 
well, you feel like crap. And uh, the cough was dry. And so if you don't have any cough medicine, I can see how that could hurt like a shit ton. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and I felt like garbage for about, well, basically two days. Okay. And after two days, there was another symptom which started to pop up. And that was uh, fatigue, tiredness. Um, like on the third day I was feeling uh, a little better. So I said, Oh, I'll just go play some like video games. So I Mm -hmm. booted up red dead and about a half hour later, I was like, okay, go to bed. Cause just, just, it would exhaust you. Mm, Okay. So you're, you're just basically spending all your time sleeping then or wanting to sleep perhaps wanting to sleep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Uh, How long were the symptoms getting worse before they started to improve? Uh, it basically, I was going down the first day. Um, I felt pretty garbage by the end of the first day. The second day was the worst day. Uh, right near the end, uh, a headache started to pour on. So I basically said, I, I basically threw in the towel and, and broke into my NyQuil. Mm. Uh, so I uh, broke into my NyQuil, slept for about 13 hours. And when I woke up, uh, the, uh, the headache was gone and I was no longer feeling as bad. Okay. Um, and that's in my mind, that's when I had, um, I knew I, I was going to recover because you know, you weren't getting worse. Yeah. And, and you, basi- uh, sorry, go ahead. And, and basically, and basically, um, it was just a, a steady crawl back. Um, it is, it has been a crawl. It has not been a bounce. Hmm. So you, you apparently got a, a test almost right away. Is that, is that the case or did you have difficulty in getting a test? No, I didn't have difficulty in getting a test in my okay. area, in my area of New York. Uh, there were zero cases. Okay. Okay. So this is very early then. Wow. Well, there, there were, there were several hundred cases all throughout New York state. Most of them obviously in the city. But mm-hmm. in my in my local area, there was gotcha. Okay, so all of a sudden, all of a sudden, I get just basically a phone call from the health department. Said we have a confirmed case of corona, and we know that you've been exposed. Okay, so they advised you to get the test, basically. No, they didn't. They didn't advise. They said drive in. We're going to test you. Oh, okay, okay. All right, and so, were, but were you were you sick? Were you symptomatic at the time, or was this before no, you started? I was. I felt perfectly fine. Oh gotcha. my god! Wow. <laughs> uh, and and do you know how this? Well, if they if they talk about your exposure, presumably you know how this happened. You know how you got this. Yes, two people had come back from Italy, and they okay. are basically more or less in my social circle, and they um, they started to feel ill. They mm. went in and said they got they got the test and I, I they got the test. They were confirmed cases, so they obviously said like obviously asked them like who have you had contact with and my name was obviously like high on the list. So when I got called, they basically said come in for a test and by the way you're in self quarantine right now. So start mm. start start quarantine. So, so, okay, have you so gone you, to the hospital? Yeah. No. I, I went to a oh. medical center. 
they actually, a guy came out in some medical gear. They walked me in through an alternate entrance because they didn't want me walking around the people. And uh, they administered the test, which is like uh, cheek swabs, a little spit, and they took blood. Mm-hmm. And then they looked at you and said, like, uh, we'll get the results back to you as soon as possible, but just self-quarantine. And you were describing some of the conditions or the terms of your self-quarantine before we went live here. What, uh, can you just describe some of those conditions? You're describing your friend who brings you food, for example, that sort of stuff? Yeah, well, the, the, I, I live in my own house, so mm-hmm. that basically meant I now stay in my house all the time. Is that by um, state order? Is, it, is that what you've... By my choice. Okay. Um, they, they highly recommended that I do it. Uh, you know, when they said, like, if you need food, get someone to actually deliver your food. I take the precaution. I mean, th- th- they put the food on the porch, then they leave, and then I open the door and take the f- bring the food in. Sure. So... Um, I'm being, I'm being hyper careful. I mean, those first couple of days, it was, I wasn't, I wasn't going anywhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that was, uh, that was kind of how the self quarantine basically stopped. I mean, I drove straight to the medical center, did the tests back in the car home. Like it didn't stop at a gas station, nothing. So sure. Well, I, I know that your case isn't, um, necessarily representative for everyone. You had mentioned you're in generally good health and th- all, all the best information generally tells us that, that people who are older and have underlying health conditions are at much uh, higher risk. But just generally, if there are people out there who, who think they have it or may contract it soon, is there any piece of advice that you'd like to give them or anything about your experience that you think would be helpful if you had that information yeah. before you got sick? Uh, well, one, um, if you're stupid like I was and you're thinking like, well, I'll wait until someone pops up with it in town before I really like take these measures seriously, just Mm -hmm. know that's not going, that, that probably won't work because in just my area, New York, I mean, it's like every few days it's doubling, you know, we had no cases and now we have like, well, we, I think we have like over a hundred and there's like 300 people in isolation waiting mm-hmm. for tests. So you know, you don't want to, I guess you don't want to be uh, one of those people who could be like uh, be forced into those situations where you're now wondering, Oh my God, if five days ago, Oh God, what did I do? Um, the one thing I will say, and I, I don't know, this is maybe me being hyper, paranoid is when I got it, I did make jokes about it, but I took it very, very seriously. Mm-hmm. So I made sure to not drink alcohol or do anything which could um, hurt my immune system. I sure. took a multi, I took a multivitamin. I um, ate as healthy as I could. I even made sure to eat regularly and drink regularly because I didn't know if this was going to affect my appetite. I mean, I don't feel like it did, mm-hmm. but every couple hours I still ate because I was just, so paranoid about like, you know, I was going to be the case that had to be put on the, you know, whatever the, 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 the defense. Sure. I will All give right. a recommendation of advice for anyone yeah. who gets this. Uh, do not ration your cold medicine. I okay. was under, I was under some impression that this was going to be like a uh, three month battle. So I was trying to do homeopathic remedies and so mm-hmm. i suffered so i suffered through a, a cough longer than i should longer than i needed to before i broke into the nyquil hmm. okay 
Well, that covers pretty much all of my questions. Did you have more blonde? Any more curiosities? I mean, as far as, okay, how long were you, I guess you wouldn't really know the answer to this, um, asymptomatic before you developed symptoms. So like the interaction you had with the people that you know gave it could to have you. Been as long as, could have been as long as 10 days. Wow. Okay. Oh my God. Man, should we be freaking out more? Should Sk- are Skag and I too lax? Are we, should we be wigging out? I, I don't know. I got a lot of questions about the numbers because mm-hmm. they have a lot of like a lot of numbers are like, oh, there's so many hospital beds being used. But are those just new people coming in or are those confirmed cases? Right. What are the status of the young people they say are coming in? Do they have underlying conditions? Like, I don't know. I can tell you on my social media and just my social circle here of people who are also kind of in my same kind of health condition. Some of them are pretty sure they have it, but just haven't gotten tested yet. Because there's hmm. such a backlog in testing. Yeah. Oh man. Well, I, there's there's like five percent of me that's wondering because, of course, I had that. I've had mild symptoms late, lately, and I had a West Coast trip last month. And of course, Blonde, you've been to Seattle and stuff too. I I don't think it's likely that I that I have it, but you know, weird off chance, and there just aren't tests available. Yeah. So uh, so you did you, know, you you did this? How this compares to other illnesses I've had yeah. in my life? Uh, I've had worse. I've had worse flus. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had worse hangovers. So <laughs> okay, well that's that's a point of positivity. Yeah, and mm. I mean, I, I assume Andrew Cromo's being accurate when he says the vast majority of cases are are like mine. Yeah, and that's right. that's good news. I mean, obviously not fun, but it doesn't sound like. I mean, you you had mentioned earlier there was a point at which you started to recover and you knew you were going to be fine. But was there ever a point in your mind where you thought? Oh, I might not be fine. Like I might have uh, long-term problems or even death. I don't know if that yeah. crossed your mind. But was there a point where you thought I'm in major trouble here, or did that not happen? No, I was. I was never physically in any kind of condition where um, I was going to like like thinking about calling an ambulance or going to the hospital. Yeah. I never got. Okay. I never got there. Uh, paranoia got yeah. Sure, I I was paranoid at one po- a couple points where like if this just keeps going down, I'm like wow. But, okay. Yeah. F- fear of the trajectory as opposed to like that point in time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, um, I will give you an, an opportunity for last word. If there's anything else you haven't shared that uh, you'd like to. Yeah. Uh, for those who are going to go through this, um, like I'm one weekend, I have at least another week to go mm-hmm. and then I have to wait for a test for me to be virus free. I have to test virus free twice right now before I'll be technically uh, recovered and out of self-quarantine. Okay. So more, yeah, you're not, you're not over the, the battle yet. And there's a, you know, in terms of the process people can expect if they, I'm, if they I'm happen prob- to contract this as well. I'm probably about 80% back from a week sure. ago, but I honestly could see someone trying to power through this and just trying to just like, Oh, it's not that bad. I, hmm. I, I could. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, thanks for making time for us under the circumstances, Zach. We appreciate it greatly, and so does the audience. I know it's not a fun time, but everybody's looking for whatever information they can get. You know, it's just a time of uncertainty, and everybody kind of says they know a guy who knows a guy who has it. So I appreciate hearing someone's direct experience that uh, that I can trust. Yep. Thanks a lot. Thanks.
Well, thanks to uh, listener Zach again for making time for us. Appreciate some firsthand experience on the issue. And uh, thank you, of course, to our super chatters and D-livers and Streamlabs people for your patience. We should get to some of them now. We do have a little bit of the show left, including the 2020 presidential race, which is Did you watch buried. that interview just now? Uh, I, I went back out in the main room and I was talking to uh, to my fiance a little bit and it was playing in the background. But why was there? Oh, I don't, I just like... I looked like shit because I had been crying all morning about the coronavirus. <laughs> oh, I already saw that. I <laughs> so people in the live chat are like, what's going on? I don't know what to tell you guys. Like, if, This would be no big deal for me if I weren't pregnant, but I'm so already so worried about the baby that I'm just yeah. freaking out. So. This was the first time, because you've been uncharacteristically calm about coronavirus. Yeah. After we did that interview, which was on Friday, that was the first time I've seen you a little nervous. Like, oh my God, should, are we, should we be freaking out? Are we... We're not serious enough about this? Those sorts of questions. I mean, it has been an exercise in in learning that I really don't have any control over this. Um, And that's very difficult when you're pregnant, relinquishing control to the universe. I mean, uh, right now, it's it's just fighting all of my hatred of the Chinese. That's really what's taking up. (laughs) Fighting it? Why? This should be your favorite pastime. Well, I'm just so mad about this. It's like, Mm. I, I can't believe these people did this to us. And so I really... I spend a lot of emotional energy thinking about punitive measures that we should take as a nation. Well, real quick over on DLive, um, before I forget, because I hate that one time that I did, I'm going to open up the treasure chest for you guys. Sit tight. Treasure chest will be distributed. Um, and uh, over on DLive, Darth Jones, thanks for supporting the show. ETC says three-hour stream. Let's break the record. As far as I know, last week was, was the longest we've ever done. We almost clipped three. I know. Like I was two hours, really hungry by minutes. the end of it. Kelly really uh, Kelly Soka says back from Spain. Glad to see you guys live again. Well, thanks for tuning in. Crypto Crook, the world is going to shit thanks to the Chinese government. We need the sanity safe space more than ever. Ninth time contributing. Thank you for supporting the show. And I like that you're keeping count. I appreciate that. Mr. Spry Guy says thoughts on the people who have no inner monologue. Uh, I actually don't know what that, that means. Does that mean a lack of self-awareness? I don't know. Maybe uh, you could probably, if, if I can't answer that question for you, you could email us and I could probably answer it for you. If you can clarify what that term means for me. Uh, ETC says, love the color coordinated outfits. I guess kind of. You're more like an emerald green and I, I got the like olive green. Uh, we did not plan to wear green, but that's how it worked out. I guess in celebration of the St. Patrick's Day that didn't happen this year. What was that? Oh, yeah. What day was that? Tuesday this week? Uh, your out your intro or outro, uh, Mr. Spryga says, set me off on a Donovan binge. Thanks. What's Donovan? I actually don't know. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed it though. And it looks like there's a, a good group of people over on uh, D Live tonight. So thank you guys for um, for making it a lively place. Uh, you you got super chat good to go, or do you need to sign it? Yeah, uh, Kevin Smith. I work on forest fires in the summer months, and Alberta government is going to keep on top of new fires to keep the air clear of smoke during this virus outbreak. Going to be lots of respiratory issues. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Well, good luck. And thanks for supporting the show. Oh, I don't know if I can read this. Um, Richard Enormous. Good to see you don't have the goo dash thing <laughs> cough. Joke aside, I saw some Close. videos of Orientals being attacked by urban youths. <laughs> uh, <laughs> thank you for being politically correct with your description. Uh, I, I saw a few videos myself. I, I did, yeah. Uh, pineapple platypotamus. Anybody here like Yoda's wisdom? Uh, which I'm one more, is that? Which piece? Uh, I'm a fan of Yoda's wisdom generally, but which is the applicable one in this case? 
I don't know. Um, Amber says, hey, I missed talking to you guys live. I've just popped in to ask. Any ever, anyone ever find out what actually happened in the Vegas shooting two and a half years ago? We're still waiting for evidence. Of course not. Yeah. Nobody, no known motive, Amber. As far it's, as I know, there's no, and the government case is closed, right? There's no government investigation anymore. The only investigation that would be happening would be journalists, but I'm not aware of anybody so actively crazy. investigating. Tucker was talking um, about it for a really long time, but yeah. Hmm. Uh, Skip Mayfield, could you imagine the authoritarianism coming down from on high if we had President Clinton or Sanders? And a reminder to push back on infringements to liberties as we go through the pandemic. That's true. I honestly, Skeg is the only person that I'm listening to talk about this. Well, and a lot of people think I'm too far on this one and I get it. But uh, the other reality, as far as I see it, is like if you think that temporary power grabs are temporary, uh, I, I don't want to be so uh, I'll refrain from using the word foolish. People don't like when I say that um, I, I view that as naive. The idea that government's going to cause a lot of this problem, government's going to swoop in and solve it, scoop up all the power while it does. But then once everything's OK, as far as government is concerned, they're going to say that. OK, fine. Here's a lot of the, the power back to the states and to the people. Yeah. And Doubt to further it. illustrate that point, if anybody can think of one example for any time in world history that somebody that has acquired power has voluntarily relinquished said power ever. I mean, George like Washington had a few episodes that were somewhat like that, but yeah, it's anecdotal at best. Nobody the, the does case. that. Yeah. Pursuit of power is like a, it's like so innate to humanity. Yeah. Um, Boogeyman nine one seven. Wishing you both good health. Thank you no, very well, much. Thank you. you um, well. Bradley Cordover. Money's going to be worthless when the boog comes. If you haven't spent money on supplies by now, you think it's boog time. You're already boned. Uh, that's what I, I keep hearing. Like all the preppers are freaking out and they're hoarding supplies. It's like, no, no, no. Preppers. None of them are. <laughs> none of them are because they yeah. have been prepared for literally years. I remember in 2016 feeling like, oh my god, it's too late. It's too late to be doing this. Like mm. I'm, I'm so late in the game, and now everybody's like, "Oh, I have no toilet paper." It's we, like well, we were grocery shopping on Saturday, and of course, the store is just full of signs that are like, "Hey, dipshit, we have plenty of supply coming in. Stop buying this in ridiculous bulk." Yeah, and it was even on the milk. It said limit two gallons per person or per buyer. And I'm thinking like, who the hell is buying bulk milk that is going to expire? Is there something expire, I'm missing right? about milk? Why would you buy perishable foods in bulk quantity? Yeah, that's crazy. Um, like all the foods that we bought were frozen. Or canned or whatever. Or They're canned, good for long-term storage, not milk. Um, Freddy Sauce, truck driver here. Warehouse is still stocked. Shipping delays and unloading bottleneck, getting stuff on shelves, causing appearance of shortage. Yeah. More drivers are carrying than usual. Try us if you dare. Thank you so much and for the work you're doing right now. Shout yeah. out to the truck drivers, just as much of a shout out to the grocery store workers and everybody else. That's why I hate these distinctions of like, you're essential, you're non. Like, yeah. what? How? It's not just essential in terms of providing a livelihood for yourself. By definition, if you have a viable job, you're providing a service or a good that the, that the public wants to consume. Who are we to make distinctions about this one's more important than that one or not? That's yeah. up to the consumer to decide. I heard on Armstrong and Getty today that they are calling like waxing businesses essential. Well, GameStop is like one of the few businesses that's like, no, screw you. We're staying open to all these government yeah. forces because they sell keyboards or something and people need to work digitally. I've seen Hobby Lobby staying open, too. But that's the thing is there's no clear definition. It's just whatever business wants to say they're essential. And then they do. And the state doesn't look like they're actually shutting them down. Mm, 
MH3D, girlfriend and I love you guys. Hope you karate chop this Chinese virus. Thanks so much. And <laughs> well, you know, thanks. Nobita is Japanese, right? I know. I just I put it in there because they're for the purposes of this general racism. They all run together. They're all the same. No. I'd, Tell that to a Korean or a Japanese person. I'm just who are very sympathetic. Look, I searched around on YouTube for the best gong sound effect I could find. And I was like, well, I have to re re recycle the Nobita sound effect. He's Asian saying, enough. Japanese culture provides the world with so much more enrichment than Chinese culture. Well, then he's saying I don't give a fuck about the Chinese. That's the context. We'll put it That's that way. That's definitely what he's saying. All right. Sorry, Nobita. Sorry. No, I'm not sorry. Go back to being <laughs> racist. It was yeah. <laughs> his channel was way better when he was super he was racist. he was really entertaining. I'm not taking shots. I shouldn't. It's just I wish that he he wasn't cracked down on to the degree that he was and he could be more honest. And that was the most obsequious apology video I've ever honest seen. Honest him was top tier YouTube yeah. content. It was awesome. And now he's just gone back to like, do women like Japanese yeah. men? Which the answer to that is no. Uh into videos. That's it. That's all <laughs> you need to know, Navita. Um, Eric K. I don't know what is worse about this crisis, the trampling of civil rights, setting horrible precedent, or the complete propaganda coming out of authoritarian China and our own media not criticizing yeah. them. That's been very difficult to watch. This has also been one of those things where it's like, is our culture worth saving? I mean, we're so in bed with China. Um, like, what are we doing? We'll see, man. I, I'm, I'm hesitating to make predictions because a week ago, I wouldn't have. Two weeks ago, for sure, I would have never thought that the things that are happening in America right now would even be possible. Yeah. And I'm sure a week or two from now, things might be even crazier. So I'm just I'm trying to recognize what I can do and try to stay as positive as possible, so I don't become outright, you know, doomsday negative. Uh, but I, I don't like what I've seen in the last week. Hopefully, this week will be better. Um, Craig Jorgensen, in the spirit of Brexit and Blexit. I'm declaring the day blonde gives birth as Rebexit. <laughs> <laughs> like That's it. a good one. That was rimshot worthy. My sounders are broken tonight mostly. So, you know, tech issues. Sorry. Oh about that. God. Ugh. I just, I'm gonna have to give birth in a hospital filled with people with coronavirus. <laughs> well, uh, you got coronavirus. <laughs> That's what you'll be saying. <laughs> I'll put that on my birth playlist. A bug yeah. says gin and lemonade keeping me sane during the Kung flu crisis. Take my boogaloo money. No, we don't want your boogaloo money. If you need to buy like water and rice still, don't give us money. All he has is probably a cellar full of rice and beans and gold bricks. And so he's actually <laughs> selling us. He's, he's sending us the equivalent of toilet paper. He's a smart man. That's true. Um, yeah. And with the coming inflation, all these donations might be worthless anyway. So I don't know. I'll just do a few more. Yeah. Um, Euro Burns Marsh. Best way to handle the Corona crisis is to show we're not racist. Go out and give every stranger you see a huge hug. Signed, the mayor of Florence. Ruh-roh. I didn't even have time to, to show that. But yes, that might be the most poorly aged tweet of all time. People haven't seen this. Go look it up. Mayor in Italy, Northern Italy saying this is like January. Well, there's a lot of anti-Chinese sentiment going around. So here in Northern Italy, we're having hug a Chinese person day. <laughs> they just have a bunch of photos. What? I'm not saying that caused the coronavirus or spread it, but it is very uh, bad optics. It's a very bad, poorly aged tweet. Uh, last one for right now. If you, uh, John Doe, if you hand the shout out to a self-appointed investigator or journalist, uh, you'll have as much control over its dissemination than you do over the contact list. No blame I at suppose. all. Just warning. Yeah, yeah I suppose I that's mean, true. We do kind of 
project this responsibility on the people we advertise for and on our own audience. And we hope that you would act with integrity. The all, same all kind I of integrity that Skag annoyingly devotes himself to on a daily basis. Um, so this was just disappointing more than anything else. Yeah, I can only control my own use of the material. And if I am, if I can be convinced that release of it would help in the pursuit of justice, in this case, I probably would be willing to do that. Um, no, he's yeah. talking about the spam, you know. Oh, wait, no, we're, I thought we are talking about Desmond. Self-appointed investigator or journalist, you'll have as much control over it. Yeah, we're talking about how I, how I had said that if it was like some investigator or someone trying to bring justice to the Desmond case, I, I would consider sending the video file to that person for review. Yeah, as dissemination you do over the contact list, though. Oh, uh, maybe I'm just not fully understanding. We don't know what you're talking about, John. Doe, but but point taken that like there is risk in releasing it. Um, ethical and moral considerations that we were just discussing. Absolutely. Oh, last one, actually. Darlene Kate's our favorite resident boomer, and I'm not being facetious. I actually really like her. Uh, my parents are okay, too. <laughs> she's she's uh, great. It will be interesting to see who they pick as the VP. Everyone knows the VP will be president in the long shot event that yeah. Joe wins. Also got a delivery notice. Enjoy. Thank you so much for the cookbook. Darlene got me this um, awesome cowboy cookbook and my husband is really excited about it. So oh, do you actually have it? Like, Oh, I thought you were grabbing Caesar. I thought you had it on you. Oh, I'm grabbing Caesar. Um, but we're going to make the cowboy sushi this week. I think. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. So thank you so much. for that. And I, really uh, I will it. keep an eye on the PO box. Of course. Uh, real quick. I'll just get through a few Streamlabs. Um, Phillips, Philip over Philip Smolin over on Streamlabs says, if I want to help my favorite YouTube creators, is there anything I need to know about ads? Does it hurt you if I skip them? Does it help if I click on an ad? Should I lie on my profile and look more appealing to advertisers? As far as I know, viewing the full ad and or clicking on it does make a difference. However, what I would say is what I do, I use ad blocker. I don't deal with that crap. What I do is I just send money to people I enjoy. And that means like monthly contributions for people who are making regular content. And sometimes if I even just see a one-off that I think is really exceptional, I'll just send that person a one-off thing. And if you really want to, if you really set on doing this, I'm telling you a, a dollar a month to your favorite creator is worth way more than any ad viewing or any click that you individually can provide. So that's, that's been my approach. You know, obviously I don't have a cable subscription or any kind of traditional media subscription like that. So I just repurpose that money to go in small amounts to people I enjoy. I, you know, I wish I could bankroll people I really believe in, but I'm not in position to do that yet, at least. So, uh, you know, send, send the people you like a buck, send them five bucks. If you really like them, that's, that's the way that we all keep this thing operational. But if you don't have that dollar to send, absolutely watch through the ad and click it. That, that also helps. Uh, if Susan allows them, thank you, Philip. Uh, Do we make ad money on the show? Uh, a minimal amount, a minuscule amount. There are sometimes still ads. I'm not fully demonetized yet, but hmm. the clock is ticking. I'm sure. Remarkable, but we're not. Sergeant Snow Ape says, uh, "Remember when they rape your daughter? It's up to you to start the slaughter." Snow Ape Uprising 2020. Oh, geez. Hope we're not in for something that severe. Cameron says, "Nice vid last week on overreaching." On an overreaching state, Dick Masterson and Mr. Medicare had a debate on the kill stream last week about the same topic. It's almost as if we need a nationalist country who will care about the social well-being of a homogenous people. Uh, I did. I did tune into that debate uh, over on uh, Ralph uh, Ralph's channel on on D Live. 
the Mr. Medicare Dick Masterson debate. I am, I'm more on Dick's stated position of this, but I actually thought that their conversation was, was pretty good and pretty productive. Uh, so it was overall an enjoyable listen from, I think two smart dudes who, um, who aren't really trying to destroy each other. I think they're trying to get at what the best solution was here. So I enjoyed it. Skip Mayfield says, uh, friends have told me using terms like Mandarin malaria, Wu Ping cough. I haven't heard that one yet. Wu Ping cough. I can't even read this one. Mugu Gai pandemic. That one's, that one's beyond me. <laughs> and general so's typhoid can be radically ra- racially insensitive. I will now use the most accurate term I can, uh, I can think of. Railroad workers disease. Uh, that, that one's historically accurate. Thank you. Panda emic, Atta- everyone. Panda emic. I still like Shang Dai. That one's underrated. Shang Dai is good. That was a family contribution. Yeah. yeah. Attack Alpaca says, Matt, as a Buffalo Bills fan, I hope the trade for Diggs works out for both of our teams. I hope he becomes a good target for Josh Allen. Well, the Vikings can fill the need with uh can fill a need with the draft picks they sent your way um i i hate to see Diggs go obviously he's been an appreciated player and uh the puts the vikings the puts the vikings in a spot of need at wide receiver uh, Diggs has not been a happy guy though so i hope it works out for the bills i have no animosity toward that team they have a similar super bowl track record as the vikings the losingest teams of all time so they have sympathy for me in that regard but I think the writing was on the wall for Diggs, and uh, I, I hope his attitude changes in Buffalo. That's enough football talk, since nobody wants to hear that. Oh no, it's like, I'm looking at listener suggestions for the the chow mein chest pain. You guys- <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Okay, we'll we'll uh, return to Streamlabs uh, at the end of the show. We just got. Uh, three brief topics to get through before we close out tonight. So first of all, as I mentioned, there is in fact still a presidential race going on. No, you may have forgotten. Uh, and it's easy to forget because it's no longer competitive. I mean, I, I feel like I have to reference this every week. I, I feel terrible about how much I made fun of Joe Biden for being a dead candidate, not just dead politically, but possibly literally physically dead. And yet here he is, uh, the comeback is is unstoppable. Like, this thing is over. So Ohio decided not to vote on Tuesday because of the coronavirus stuff. But three states did carry on, Arizona, Florida, and Illinois. Biden swept them all, and it wasn't close. In fact, he beat Sanders by double digits in every state. In Florida, he almost won by 40 percentage points. None of these things were close at all. The, um, the delegates awarded reflect that proportion. Um, Joe Biden walks away with 285. Bernie claims 140. This thing is all but locked up. And I saw a report earlier this week that I posted to Twitter with the, uh, the music emojis and the I will remember you because this report over on Fox Business was originally that Bernie Sanders was quitting. It said, report Bernie Sanders to exit race. Now it's been updated to say Bernie Sanders to suspend Facebook ad campaigns. So whatever's going on, Bernie has scaled back his campaigns and this thing is all but dead. I mean, I can't imagine why. Obviously, you can't go out and campaign in a traditional way. You're not going to have big rallies. So why would you suspend digital advertising at a time like this? This seems like the time you need to ramp up um, digital advertising if you're serious about actually getting the nomination. Bernie presumably is staying in the race to get something out of this. Why? But I, what's Joe Biden going to give him? You can't really bring Bernie into the campaign. He's The whole point is he's too crazy to get those independent moderate voters. That's you can't bring him on. 
as though the Bernie bros are going to accept that anyway. Listen, they're going to burn Milwaukee regardless. Whether you make, I can't wait to see Bernie Sanders as like treasury secretary or something like that. That'll be great. Um, and, I don't know why they're doing this. I mean, they, they must not care that much about the unity of the party because there's so much um, cannibalism going on the left. Yeah. I mean, they don't, I don't stand a chance. They surely know this. I mean, Bernie, Bernie is screwed for so many reasons now. I mean, his momentum was already fading. Yeah. And coupled with this coronavirus outbreak, it, campaigning is impossible. It, it, there's no way for him to recapture that momentum unless somehow he convinces states who vote later to vote for him. I doubt it. But now the other problem here is there's no... <laughs> what? Hacky Chan. I'm sorry. That one's great. That's a good one. Hacky Chan. Uh, there's no, there are no states to win right now to yeah. gain that momentum. So partly there was a natural gap in the, in the schedule, but it's now coupled with coronavirus cancellations. And that means we won't get much for voting in the next few weeks. Anyway, Georgia was scheduled to vote for Tuesday. That's now canceled and postponed Louisiana, Indiana, Connecticut, Maryland, and Ohio from last week have also postponed the earliest you will possibly see any more voting is April 4th with potentially Alaska, Hawaii, and Wyoming. I would say odds are that will change. I'd be surprised if those things carry on as planned, but as of now, they're not officially postponed. And the other thing you're going to see in terms of how this campaign will develop is, of course, a hell of a lot of online campaigning like we saw last week with Joe Biden's virtual town hall that was a total disaster. Well, it continues as Joe Biden comes out and gives gives a speech after uh, Tuesday's uh, Tuesday's elections. He gives a, a post-election speech to say, hey, we won. Awesome. But of course, it's in front of nobody. It's online only. And just watch how this speech closed. It's yet another scene from the nursing home for Joe Biden. Thank you all. Thank you all for listening. Oh. <laughs> Thanks. 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 Okay. Cut. Cut. <laughs> when is the snack break? All right. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I, I'm sure part of it, in all fairness, part of it is the unfamiliarity with like this digital realm that he's suddenly thrust into. Uh, but that the way, sounds a lot like that's something you need to be familiar with to run for president. Probably. And the way he's just standing there staring into the abyss and his wife comes up and it... I don't want to read too much into it. I, I don't know his mental state or whatever, but I, that is exactly the sort of thing when a loved one comes and greets an old person who's kind of out of it and they're sort of startled. Oh, oh, it's you. And they're kind of, they kind of realize, you know Why what I'm saying? Why am I sitting seen... on this bench and not wearing any pants? I don't know what's going on. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's, it's uh, really bad. You have to have familiarity with the technological realm to be president in this day and age. He looks totally geriatric and cadaverous. This is just just what a disaster. I, I and now, now Joe Biden is going to, of course, Trump is doing his, um, his press conferences and coronavirus updates. Joe Biden has announced that he's going to do his own shadow updates. So he's going to follow Trump and do his own events where he describes what he would be doing. With how screwed this coronavirus entire episode has been, the idea that I'm going to look to Joe Biden as the man to save us all. I listen, I'm not the biggest Trump cheerleader. I have some issues with especially the communication in terms of how this thing has developed. 
the idea that I'm going to replace him with that to save the day from the federal government perspective, no thank you. I will roll the dice with the orange man again if I have the choice. Yeah, really. And he better make sure that the coronavirus doesn't interrupt his steady supply of like child blood, like the shot that he's taking every morning to make sure that he's somewhat. Functional. Well, that's, that's a major bummer. No more child hair sniffing for Joe Biden for a while. That must context. be what's literally keeping him alive. Yeah, maybe that was his life source prior. I'm sure he has a few in the dungeon to keep him well supplied, though. You know, you know, you know how it works. Remember six months ago when we we're like, we can't call him a pedophile. Now we're like, he has kids <laughs> in his basement and he's sniffing their hair. Well, in the that's true. I uh, nor- speaking of principles, I um I do have principles against flimsy and um and loosely thrown around accusations of pedophilia, but I I, I will clarify. I'm not saying he has a dungeon for pedophilia. I'm saying he has a dungeon just for sniffing them. Way different. He just wants to smell them and drink just their blood. Kind all. caressing and sniffing the usual mm. Joe Biden stuff. Not sexual. Obviously. But they get three square meals a day and there's a puppy well, down there with them. They're well taken care of. Yeah. Okay, this isn't a hoax hate, <laughs> so I don't want to play the sounder because I don't think it applies. Okay. It's more Good. just hoax. Yeah, I know. It's 20 minutes long anyway, and we're already running long. It's more just hoax claim of the week and claim about what? Obviously, claim about the only thing happening this week. Coronavirus. Okay. 23-year-old Michael Lane Brandon, who is a, uh, he's from Texas. He's been arrested for lying about testing positive for coronavirus on Facebook. According to the district attorney, Babin's post caused a panic that tied up phone lines at the local hospital. Baden or Baden, I don't know how to say his name, he, the, the 23-year-old you see on your screen, he tells investigators he made up the post as a social experience, uh, experiment to make the point that not everything posted online should be believed. Babin has been charged with false alarm or report, which is a class A misdemeanor. Uh, obviously, I don't think this is a cool move to what be just, yeah. I think it's a douche move. But are we comfortable with this being criminally prosecutable? I'm not comfortable with that standard. If simply posting a false claim on the internet is the same thing as uh, the, the proverbial shouting fire falsely in a crowded theater to cause a panic, this lacks the imminence to me to be prosecutable. He is not inciting violence imminently. I don't, is there anything he did that would put people in danger? Is it his fault that people called the hospital? Because he made a false claim? That's not, it's not direct enough. I need to think about this. It's not direct enough for me to say this guy needs to be charged with a crime. I have some worries about that. He just posted it online. All he said, I haven't seen the post, but my understanding is the post is basically the equivalent of him going to Facebook and saying something like, I have coronavirus or I am positive for coronavirus. Yeah. Uh, not. Uh. Yeah, so the report here, claiming on social media that he had tested positive for COVID-19. That's it. Okay, I mean, if he had walked into, like, a grocery store and been like, I have coronavirus. Okay. Yeah, okay. People in his immediate vicinity. But social media, you're probably The internet. Uh, It it does make me nervous. I'll, I'll follow this case and see how the prosecution of it develops also i do not that i know what's going on in this specific texas locality but i do find it funny that we're going to be really relaxed on so-called non-emergency crimes things like theft and burglary that we're not going to intervene but we do have the police resources to go after the guy who falsely said he has coronavirus on facebook again 
Do you think these sorts of standards and precedents get rolled back once the emergency is no longer urgent? No, that is not the way these things work. Suddenly saying things falsely that could cause people to react in a, uh, in a panic way, supposedly. Suddenly that is prosecutable. So we'll see how this develops. Uh, and then lastly, I just have an element of um, surprise cringe. It's not really that, it's not a face melter. It's not like society collapsing surprise cringe. I wouldn't be surprised if you had seen some of this this week because it was all over, but uh, check out this clip. Snowflake and safe space are the twins. It's this idea that these are terms that get thrown around on the internet that they don't see as uh, derogatory to take those words and kind of wear them as badges of honor. Safe Space is kind of a big, burly, sort of stereotypical jock. He can create force fields, but he can only trigger them if he's protecting somebody else. Snowflake is non-binary and goes by they, them. Snowflake has the power to generate individual crystallized snowflake-shaped shurikens. The connotations of the word snowflake in our culture right now are something fragile. And uh, this is a character who is uh, turning it into something sharp. All right, so give you a little context there. You have not seen any of this, I take it. No. So this is uh, this is an announcement from Daniel Kibblesmith of Marvel Comics about Marvel's first non-binary superhero, oh, a black character named Snowflake with a twin brother named Safe Space. I'm not a great comics mind, so forgive me if I misspeak, but my understanding is these are new characters added to a reboot of the New Warriors comic book series. Uh, and I can't understand, I, I don't follow comic books, obviously, but I can understand how annoying this is for people who do. This is the same crap they do in video games, where they take an existing successful franchise and they inject diversity characters into it uh, to ruin it. Um, I mean, the thing is so cliche, it's as if it's bad parody. Snowflake and safe space are the extent of the... Uh, the creativity here. But as usual, take solace <laughs> in the backlash on YouTube. That video currently has 123,000 downvotes on 3,000 up. Just a brutal reaction. And hilariously, even segments of the left hate it. Um, there are You can see some of the tweets here uh, from, from left-wing complainers saying that they are introducing non-binary black characters that are written by white cishet men. So it's the fact that cis-het a white... Cishet men? I don't... How... I I, I want to know the psychological making of somebody this soft, like this soy boy. Yeah. Like, did he get molested by his stepfather and uncle? Like, what? How did? How did? Who made this guy? This is uh. This guy is like Desmond's best case future. That's what this guy is. <laughs> Top end. Oh, poor Desmond. <laughs> is it just the pandering? Is he? Is he actually straight? I don't know. I don't know anything about the guy individually. So maybe people who are more uh, into comics. What's his last name? Kibblesmith? I, it looks like uh, Daniel Kibblesmith is the name. Daniel but I, Kibblesmith. Just to wife. be sure that's the correct individual. Let me look it up. That was oh the God, name he's I saw. Married. Yeah, that looks, that looks like the guy. Political editor at large of Harper's Bazaar. Oh, so he was previously involved. Is he currently or previously? Uh, I just Googled Daniel Kibblesmith's wife, and the first thing that comes up is Jennifer Wright. So maybe he's doing. Oh, this she show. is. Oh. I see. Oh yeah, he's married to like a way hotter woman. Maybe no, he's doing him. this to ingratiate himself to his much better looking wife. <laughs> uh, that chick is 
banging a black dude. I'm sorry. <laughs> if, if she likes this, she might be the one person in the world. Cause there's no, obviously conservatives hate this for reasons we don't have to go into, but the fact that left-wingers hate it too is, uh, is hilarious. Maybe I just I'll, don't understand this as anything outside of a sexual strategy for the guy. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Couldn't tell. I don't know enough about his history to be able to tell you what he's doing or what the aim is here. Anyway, that's all I got. It wasn't that bad. It wasn't that cringe for surprise cringe. That was so we're, bad. um, we'll call it a show, but we of course got to catch up with our friends on uh D live and Streamlabs over on uh D live. She's like legitimately good looking. I guess I'll have to look it up. Spry guy says, what's Donovan? Uh, the guy who wrote your outro, you mean the, the intro or it was, um, I mean, I had the, uh, I had the, the police, uh, the police, uh, every breath you take song, but what's it did is Donovan the writer of that song. I must just not know. Anyway, uh, you may say I'm a boomer, but at least I own three homes. That's uh, Mr. Spry guy as well. <laughs> Bernie's comeback there. Uh, I got more over on Streamlabs unless you're ready. I'm ready. Uh, Levi Ackerman. So a friend of mine played hooky from work stating he was being tested for coronavirus. Now he cannot return to work without a notice of clearance. Karma. I don't know if that's karma. That guy just Mm. clearly didn't think that through. Um, No one said, here are some shekels for the self-isolation fund. I'm working six days a week during the quarantine, so I still can afford to pay it forward. Thank you so much. Shaniqua is stunning and and brave. I (laughs) clearly cannot. Thanks for working hard. It was too, too far from Shaniqua. Yeah. All right. I can't, I can't. Thank you, Shaniqua. You are still stunning and brave. Uh, yes. Uh, tribe 84, Matt, let's say we can use cell phone records to help notify people that as might, that might have had contact with the China virus by using location data. Would you see that as an infringement of their Liberty? That is an excellent question. I actually, um, I haven't thought about that from an infringement perspective. I, I guess the question would be, are you, is it mandatory that you participate or do you have the option? But my understanding is this is going on in South Korea. And if, unless that you are, you're violating people's privacy rights to achieve this, I'd have to know how it's implemented, I guess. But I like the idea of as much information as possible to the individual to decide for that individual, just on a general level. I think that makes a lot of sense. I would love to see a system like that. Now, the other side, the concerns that you're talking about, how did you acquire the information that a person who has it has been in this vicinity and what were they doing and all that? There's probably a good amount of um, personal observation going on to achieve that sort of result. So that's the other side of it that I could see. But I still am kind of open to that concept because I I still see that as more personal choice as opposed to top down, uh, you know, authoritarian crackdown, someone telling you you must do this or else. So I'd have to hear more. But I I like I like the concept in in a general level. Um, Skip Mayfield, since uh, China wants to export their viral epidemics, we should send them our 1350s so they can deal with our gun violence epidemic. I can't review these before I read them. Uh, Goof custom. Disavow that numeric uh, sequence. Yeah. I wanted to plug my good friend Andrew and his podcast. Sorry about that, dude. It had to be done. Uh, The Political Orphanage, which focuses on comedy being decent and not being a part of red team or blue team. I think you like it, Matt. I'm sorry I made something so level-headed and generous dirty. <laughs> well, thank you. I could check it out, especially if you send me an email. I can I can take a look at it. Speaking of which, um, underrated podcasts people should check out. On Thursday, I will be on Quite Frankly. So I'm excited for that. I know there's a good amount of crossover 
between the audiences and my fiance loves quite frankly as well. So uh, I'm looking forward to that should hang out over there on Thursday night live for a solid 45 minutes or so. So I'll be tweeting that out later in the week. If people want to check out another fantastic podcast, big red doggy, here's some money because money machine go burr. <laughs> Jamie Clay, if Hillary Clinton had like been name. elected, there would have been fewer deaths from COVID-19, but there would have been an odd rise in global suicide. <laughs> Stay clean. my friend. That's how she kept it under control for sure. Um, our wealthy benefactress has returned, BB. Oh Thank you goodness. so much, BB. I really appreciate it. Um, hey guys, fell asleep before the call out on Wednesday. Please don't play that thing again. Oh, I guess we played the sounder for her. Uh, well, uh, too bad. The rules are rules, BB. I am not going to be niggardly. Thank you for supporting the show. Much appreciated. Uh, Jim Keats, if we do what the Democrats want, then at least we'll cure the toilet paper shortage. Because we can just use dollar bills as yeah. they will be worthless. Silver lining manufacturing will come back. Um, there you go. Noah Sherwood. Me. Thank you, sir. Home Depot employee with earrings, but is totally a dude. It's ma'am in a stern and masculine <laughs> tone. Yeah, that happened to me today. Wow. It is ma'am. You got a real life. It is ma'am experience. huh? Yeah. Laurel. Uh, yes, this financial collapse we've been worried about. This is the financial collapse we've been worried about. That's why I feel like getting upset about quarantines is a waste of energy. We need to be using our energy uh, to prep for collapse. Laurel's been talking about this too. I'd encourage, I'd encourage people to go check out our videos. I was watching one about um, just uh, the morality and even the legality of quarantines, something we've both been talking about lately. And uh, she had a, a past court case that I was not aware of. And I would, if people want to know about the legal aspects in addition to the moral aspects, go check out Laurel's channel. But I just wanted to say the, the, the person, what's the term, the, the plaintiff, the petitioner, one of the parties, the, the person who was unjustifiably quarantined in his claim, he was a Chinese man named Ju Ho. Was it J spelled like J E W space H O. That's very unfortunate, but at Ju least he's Chinese. Ju Ho was unjustifiably quarantined back in the oh, day. That reminds me, do you know Harvey Weinstein supposedly has coronavirus? Okay. Wonder how we got it. Might be an interesting story. <laughs> hmm. I don't know what jog that. He got it from forcibly from forced oral sex on another person. That's probably how he got it. The Five Harvey years ago. The Harvey Weinstein way. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Luke Glanford says COVID-19 will go down as the biggest overreaction of all time to prevent a few old unhealthy people from dying. will cripple our entire society and economy. More people will die from suicide and increased crime due to the economy. Uh, yeah, the increased crime is going to be a disaster. Um, I don't want to say that yet because there's no way for me to do an appropriate like risk benefit analysis. Um, I hope that we're overreacting. I saw a meme that I tried to verify is statistically true, but I could not that claimed that crime had actually decreased in Chicago because of coronavirus. I'm not sure if that's true, but it might, it might be the case. They finally, you know, just like Baltimore, the Baltimore mayor's plea, they my, might have finally turned it yeah, around. Yeah, I mean, maybe my dad did bring up a very uh, interesting point today that uh, the number of car accidents has just plummeted. I'm sure. From car accidents. But that's, that's, you can stop a lot of unfortunate outcomes when you cease freedom. When people are not free to go about their business a lot of bad outcomes also don't happen, but the trade-off is hell of a lot of good outcomes don't happen either. Basically right, no outcomes. Right. We did talk about this exact thing with stop and frisk, didn't we? Can't remember. 
Uh, Talk, well, what exact thing? About stop and frisk being unconstitutional, which oh. I, I think that it probably is, and that it is racial uh, profiling, and everybody's like, the argument we're getting on the right is like, well, yeah, it works, but also if you killed every minority that had committed a misdemeanor, all crime would, would go down. Like it doesn't, it doesn't matter if it works. And some fair pushback that I had received on the question of it working that I think is is fair to consider. At the same time that crime dropped in New York City, crime dropped across the country. So it's more difficult to apply a causal relationship between stop and frisk and a reduction in crime. It, it's not implausible. It's just not that easy. You need to, you probably need to do a more sophisticated analysis to really isolate stop and frisk as the causal variable in reducing New York city uh, crime. So that's, yeah. that's a fair point too. Um, Shauna Thornton, white pill local distillery has made hand sanitizer and gave it away for free. I'm actually thinking of building a distillery this summer just to make local hand sanitizer. That'd be sweet. I bet you make bank. There's, there's a lot of money to be, I, I, I like the, the, the optimism and the silver lining approach and the entrepreneurial spirit. Those are the sort of people that are going to get us out of this. And that's why I want to resist being some doomsday or it's all the sky is falling type person. Even if it's true, that doesn't really help us. So I don't want to be that guy. And thank you for uh, looking for some silver linings to, to enjoy throughout this. Take advantage of. Jay Val says, um, Ted Cruz suggested that you could justify these bailouts under the just compensation clause with eminent domain since government, in a sense, took away these businesses' properties uh, by suspending flights, et cetera. Mm, that's interesting. I'm, I'm sure there's an argument there. And to the, we were talking about this on Wednesday. To the extent that the government has forcibly stopped your business from functioning, I mean, I'm more sympathetic to the government offering a solution because the damage is their fault. That said, I, I'm not convinced that it might just be better not to have such obstructive government overreach in the first place. I know that's hindsight. We're in the position that we're in now and we can't go back and rewind and do something else. So I understand that maybe you bend your principles a little bit to get us out of this. The other problem is, though, yeah, it would have been nice if we didn't already have a bajillion dollar credit card debt. If you have a massive yeah. credit line and no, you know, no outstanding uh, purchases on it. Great. Put it on the credit card. We'll worry about it later. You've already reached your max, dude, except for our credit card is infinite for some reason. But the idea that we can just keep adding to the infinite credit card without any consequences in the future is, uh, is irresponsible. Um, sore loser. Seeing how we can't say the CV word on here and I've been advocating the name zombie panda. Let me know <laughs> what you think. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Can you not say a CV word being coronavirus? You can't say that in the chat or what? I don't know. I'm seeing it a few times. It might. It Are might, they censoring that? Probably. Thanks, Susan. Keeping us safe. Waco says Laurel sees no constitutional problem with mandatory quarantine of everybody. What a bootlicker. And then Laurel <laughs> says, yes, the quarantines and the virus are causing the economic collapse, but it's too late. Whether we should have them is almost moot. They're impossible to stop. Spend your energy getting ready. Ooh, black. Well, and God more. help you if... Um, as I've said again, like if you're trying to prep right now, you're probably too late for this particular episode. Good news is, clean. yeah, good news is I think that eventually we're going to get this. This is not going to destroy our society. It, it will be damaging, but I think we'll return to some sense of normalcy within. We've gotten too soft anyway. The near future. But take this lesson. I mean, Laurel and I, uh, maybe we have some disagreement about the moral or legal implications of, of quarantine, but we certainly agree that. It is a it is an imperative personal responsibility to be prepared for this sort of outcome. And and thanks and Laurel has helped us do that personally. 
So, um, so of course she has my thanks for that too. Whether you agree exactly or not, I think Laurel's a, a great resource with a lot of information, a lot of knowledge on the topic. Uh, Jacob says super fight chat or super chat fight. Um, <laughs> Michael yeah. Buck, I love you guys, but this is like listening to normies. You have no idea the stuff that's about to go down. Revelation Beast, Austin Stein, Bart Q, San Germain. Um, nobody knows what's going to happen. That's the trouble right now. I mean, I can't, I can't be comfortable making like, uh, I, I can't be Pollyanna and tell you everything's going to be fine. At the same time, I think it's a little irresponsible for me to be a doomsday person and say like, you're screwed. Build your death shelter now. And then on the right, we have this like, as a collapsitarian, I can I can say this. Um, we have this thirst for an end of days scenario where all of us can be heroes, uh, and it's a problem. It's a problem on the right. I mean, and it's on the left too. Well, I think yeah. a lot of them are thirsting for that uh, apocalypse to take Trump down, that sort of thing. Uh, yeah, I mean, some people just want to watch everything burn, which is a perspective that i'm sympathetic to but um you know we have to keep our wits about us uh not be crying all morning right before a very important <laughs> interview that you have to do kevin smith question for you guys what do you think the current situation would be if the democrats succeeded in impeaching trump a few months ago disrupting the leadership of this country oh, oh my god uh well i guess you'd just have mike pence i mean would would i don't think i do that, like mike pence there's there's probably certain areas where I might prefer Mike Pence as president, to be honest. Um, but he keeps his mouth shut. He's faithful to his wife and he's a good Christian. It's like, what else can I ask for? He is kind of a neocon though. Would any of this coronavirus response have been different with Mike Pence as president? Probably not. Um, I don't think that we would have been in a better position testing wise. I don't think we would have been in a better position ventilator wise. It's, I know that, Everybody talks, we don't have the supplies that we need. Um, yeah, I mean, there's probably some truth that we probably could have got our butts in gear to get some of this stuff more prepared with the time that we did have knowledge of this. But well, we're still talking economically, about... economically, we should have been prepared for an emergency situation for decades. And we're still talking with this particular, the particularities of the, the health implications of this disease. We're still talking about a few months of knowledge. I mean, yeah, we probably could have been better prepared, but we're talking months of knowledge. Would someone else have ran around with their hair on fire, magically creating ventilators uh, with a magic wand? I doubt it. Maybe, maybe there could have been more. I don't know. But I don't think things would be significantly different, to be honest. Uh, Jozo Zofko, January 25th, Bannon's War Room Pandemic podcast episode one. Those guys call, all called Total Economic Collapse. Really? writing was on the wall no insider trading necessary yeah um yeah i know this is an unpopular opinion uh, what i said about these people but i do think in the absence of specific knowledge being shared in the briefing that a savvy investor would have seen this coming as soon as this virus left mainland china which i think was in mid January. Yeah. It's not an implausible guess. Like someone could not have made this judgment with the information that was public. My only concern is, did you have information about a specific company or a specific group of companies? And is there overlap in what they sold? Like, did they all have a specific piece of information about a specific company that they all sold and or bought? And the, yeah. the, the Senator from Georgia made purchases too, but it can't just be like sector wide warnings it either. can't That's be like coronavirus is bad guys or like, it's obviously. going to affect tech or something yeah it's like got to be very specific information that the public didn't have 
uh, Halo Strike, uh, regarding Senator Insider Trading, it's convenient that they do not have systems or staff to ensure that they are not insider trading, hmm. even though people in private sectors have to be subjected to insider trading legislation they pass. I mean, I have no doubt that this is like shitty and stuff. Uh, I'm so super articulate. I run a political <laughs> podcast. It's super shitty and stuff. Yeah. Um, and it probably is unethical and it probably was insider, uh, maybe insider trading, but I just, I just need more information. Yeah. And I don't really they, feel like this is a priority right now. They deserve, due, as much as I think there's some smoke here, they deserve due process just like anybody else. And I want to hear them. They've offered some statements in self-defense, but if there's an investigation, I want to hear them defend themselves too. I'm not going to jump to any conclusions on this without more specific evidence. And it's kind of across the board too. I mean, we yeah. should be looking with scrutiny upon the oligarchy. Uh, it, this isn't like, I mean, two of them were Republicans and then Dianne Feinstein is a, is a Democrat yeah. and she could have done this with $6 million. So For we all need I know, to be she like, got her inside information from her Chinese driver. Don't forget about that. I know. <laughs> Nobody Johnson. cares. That's where yeah, coronavirus really. came, came from too, <laughs> yeah. actually. Uh, Ethan Johnson at Sam Houston, the army has limited our ability to leave post. We honestly don't have a clue how bad it is right now. We're being kept in a bubble. Stay safe. Mm. I do think it will get worse soon. I also okay. think it's going to get worse soon. Um, Not telling you information there, even. Well, uh, thanks for thanks for supporting the show and thanks for serving the country. Obviously, uh, Logan Orr, Taiwan is a free and democratic country. Congrats on no longer being allowed in China. Yeah, that's another thing that makes me hate mm. the Chinese: the way they've treated the Taiwanese and continue to treat the Taiwanese. I don't know much about it. China is kicking out U.S. reporters now too. Uh, yeah, so yeah, I'm sure it. the reports of zero deaths in Wuhan or zero new cases in Wuhan, I'm sure very accurate. Um, Hassan Chop, how funny is it that NBC slash MSNBC are advertising their new shows on Fox's Tucker Carlson? I didn't see that. That's hilarious if that's true, though. Wow, yeah. that's that's a bad look. Fat Hooligan just got back from an out-of-state road trip, bemused by the sign saying, stay home, save lives. What do you guys make of that fear-mongering or no? Um... I have been self-quarantined except for taking my dogs for a walk every day. Um, but my husband and I were talking about it. And if I were not heavily pregnant, 27 weeks pregnant, we would be doing this road trip across the country that we've wanted to do. So, hmm. uh, anytime I, I I'm less appreciative of information. That's like, do this or else, as opposed to listen, here's some highly qualified expert opinions. Here's the information that they've gathered and that they've analyzed. And here's the conclusion they've reached. Mm -hmm. I, I, I like that. Uh, please tell me what the experts think and give me advice on what would be the best way to navigate this. Maybe it's just me. Maybe I do project that resistance to being told what to do onto other people. Maybe the majority of people do need to be just told what to do. Yeah. Uh, maybe there's truth to that. But for me, it's like, if the information is that obvious and the right choice is that obvious, the majority of people will make the right choice. I, I still believe in people's freedom to choose, even if I disagree with the choices they make. Uh, saying that people are not capable of making their own choices is the basis of every authoritarian government in the history of mankind. And it's always though. for your own good. It's always for your own good, yeah. yeah. Anna Just Hitch, looking oh, out for you. Um, although I have talked about paternalism in third world countries before, so who knows? Maybe that mm. actually has merit. Yeah. That perspective. Um, Anna Hitch zero seen this meme going around 2019. Okay. Boomer <laughs> 2020 KO boomer. I presume means <laughs> I was, knockout. Yeah. I was wondering where this was going to go. I thought it was going to be RIP. I thought that was the route that she was going to go a little, a little softer, a little, sorry, kinder. mom and dad. Um, 
Marble 93, Peter Alexander's pearl clutching was gayer than all the sodomy in my life. <laughs> uh, Thank you. That was no a good one. one. I like that. You know. Uh, no note. Thank you, sir or ma'am. Leaf Sandiger. Love the show. Here's some cheese. No sexual content needed. We appreciate it. Thank it makes you. us feel less like we're prostitutes. Um, <laughs> Paul Borbley. Thank you for the great content. Stay safe. You too. Rainier Chen. Long time no chat. I would like to thank you guys for helping me through some hard time. I was so depressed that I had to go into the mountains, but even there, I could not find any bats to eat. Stay healthy <sighs> and hungry, y'all. Thank Mr. you, Mr. Chen. Yeah. Cadis uh, Jones, Japan weirdly unaffected by virus. More masks, less crowded trains, low testing rate, but they aren't finding many at all. Even so, wonder what's going on there. Can't just be cleaner country, etc. They they have a very high level of social trust and virtually closed borders. I bet mm. that has something to do with it. but even just like even as far as immigration like a lot of this is just travel that's not even immigration related just like visitors or like um like we were talking to uh we were talking to to the listener who has it and of course it, it was friends of his or acquaintances of his that had gone to italy and mm -hmm. got it just on a vacation or whatever else is it is it that difficult to like vacation in japan if you're chinese uh, did, did they actually have a policy like that? I don't know. I have no idea. But like culturally, they hate the Chinese. They don't even let them like be tourists there. Is that a thing? I mean, I know that there are some businesses that have signs that say like no Chinese. <laughs> really? Yeah. All right. I, I'm not joking. Like the Japanese. Yeah, I have no idea. I'm not up on Chinese. Japanese culture. Yeah. Uh, so it might just be that they don't have any Chinese immigrants. And then there were tons and tons, maybe even up to 100,000, although we couldn't really verify it. Um, workers from Wuhan with direct flights to Wuhan living in northern regions of Italy. Yeah, I need to go back and verify that story because if if that's true, that there were tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of not just Chinese migrants moving into northern Italy from to Wuhan. run these factories, but Wuhan specific, mm -hmm. that of course is another very people don't like when I say very unique. So because unique is just unique, there's no very. That is another unique aspect of Italy in addition to its elderly population, some of the social customs there that would help explain why Italy is basically ground zero for coronavirus nuclear winter. Right. Also, they really value taking care of their elderly and they often live in um, like small housing together with several generations. Ann yeah. Coulter wrote about it this week and she said the average age of um, death from coronavirus in Italy is 81. <sighs> wow. I had heard, and again, I heard this. This is not, take it with a grain of salt. But some people were saying the Italian uh, death statistics were being inflated by people that basically died of the conditions that they already had, but there's some coronavirus relationship. I don't know what incentive they would have to inflate their death statistics, so I'm not prepared to accuse them of that. I don't have the information to say that, but there, there's people Well, out underlying there illness that. is a major predictor of whether or not you'll survive coronavirus. Yeah. Uh, especially in older people, so that's that's definitely true. Um. Noah Francis, it's my fiance Cassidy's first time watching live. We had to push back our wedding two months, which is a bummer. Ugh. As a car salesman, it has been hard times. Oh, excuse me. I'm so gross now that I'm pregnant. Um, has YouTube been, work been affected for you guys? Not yet, but it's coming. And I'm sorry about your wedding. Like My heart goes out to people that like did all this man, planning. And Yeah. Good God, man. It, and it's I'm been sure Skag's going to have to deal with it. Well, mine's far enough in the future that uh, I hopefully will not be impacted. But mm. yeah, man, after get it going through the headache of, of getting all that stuff ironed out to have to postpone it 
I really feel for you, but I'm glad that, you know, at the end of the day, you guys are still getting married. Congratulations on that and all the best. Um, and as far as like YouTube's impacts, we're not, you know, nothing much has changed for us yet. And I appreciate that the audience is sticking with us and, and keeping the show running in times of uncertainty. I also realize though, that as times get more difficult for people, you got to eliminate uh, non, non-essential expenditures and this show and shows like it, YouTube content, right up there at the top of non-essential expenditures. And I don't blame anyone who axes this show when it's between this show and toilet paper or whatever else you got to do. Definitely should. So, and and I would encourage anyone obviously to make smart choices in that regard. Um, we're, We're not dummies. You know, I haven't seen, I haven't seen the hurt yet, but I anticipate that it's coming. And whether it was Susan Wiki Wiki's meddling or Chinese bat disease, I'm not so foolish as to think that our income will you know, never be negatively impacted. So don't, you know, I appreciate the concern, but, um, we're not fools. We, uh, we're prepared yeah. for the long haul. We've been prepared. And, um, I've had many irons in the fire financially in anticipation that I would just get nuked on YouTube anyway. Yeah. Uh, so seriously, if you're giving us money that you think is essential, don't and spend it on resources because it's we're still kind of in a point where you can do some prepping if you really want to sure and thank you man congratulations on the wedding um doc bailey last week they canceled the san diego half marathon and this week all my gyms are closed isolation and activity making yeah. money thanks I, I for the backlog to keep me entertained thanks uh thank you and my husband has been doing what he calls a prison workout yeah in our house and he yeah. always comes back in looking all swole and sweaty so it must be working Good. so and then my sister told me that um, somebody is like live streaming ballet classes. The the gym uh, that I go to, they're doing online workouts every day that you can just follow, um, you know, from your own living room. But I'm the same way that if I don't have any physical activity for a few days on end, I'll start to lose it, man. It's just a bad feeling. You have to get that endorphin flow. You have to sweat a little bit. That is uh, is a potentially a major negative impact. So you know, I hope everybody's got at least the freedom to to get some fresh air and move around a little bit. Human beings were not evolutionarily designed to sit in a chair for twelve hours a day, and so I try to make sure I'm not doing that in my normal daily life, but especially now, because yeah. you'll go crazy from the rest of the bullshit going around. That's why I take a one mile waddle every day. Really, that's still pr- that's pretty good at your stage, I would think. <sighs> I've had to do it during my whole pregnancy, but before I got pregnant, I was doing like high intensity bar classes five days a week. Yeah. And now I'm like, Ooh, I'm going to waddle around my neighborhood for a mile. It's so depressing. You can go back to it. I'm sure you'll, you'll probably be surprised how quickly you get back into that sort of thing. After I deliver. I mean, all the cancels or classes are canceled indefinitely. Yeah. Once, once the baby's out. Um, our DW two weeks ago, I was sick and holy duck. This man just described my symptoms. Exactly. Uh, Hmm. this fake recovery followed by fatigue and headaches was really, well, the weird part, I'm better now, but mm. I'm calling a clinic first thing tomorrow. Uh, yeah, Could they be. can test you to make sure that you've cleared it up. Could but be. I mean, maybe not, actually. Rand Paul has tested positively now, too, and he's totally asymptomatic, as far as I understand. Yeah. Oh, so, Rand Paul. definitely could be. Uh, burning bright Asian here, not racist. Try Mulan flu or Kung Pao fever. <laughs> I have other names, but Super Chat blocks them, unfortunately. 1,000 sorrows. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Bain Trump, please get follow-up questions over fertility, lung capacity, and any renal issues he may have after infection. Love the show. Um, yeah, I'd love to hear back from him in, uh, after definitely. a while. Yeah. Skip Mayfield, we should demand Hong Kong for reparations 
for real. Uh, ooh, I can't read this. Prismislaw Curse Tech. Matt and I had sex a while ago, forgot to pay it in though, so sending some shekels now. <laughs> Thank you. I remember that one. It was quick and to the point. Yeah. Oh, gross. Um, as all of his paid anal sex is. Yeah. Um, Austin Olson, sorry, mom and dad. Update on the woman who was potentially sick with ping pong pneumonia. It's been a week and I've uh, been forced to sleep on the couch because of my super chats. <laughs> uh, C2K. You got coronavirus. Thank you. C2K, not to throw shade, but I have a compromised immune system and I got placed in self-isolation for 12 weeks. Hmm. Swabs are taken from the nasal cavity, not the cheeks or the throat worldwide. This is known best practice. I don't know anything about that. I couldn't um, tell you. Yeah, and and you know, I don't consider that throwing shade at all. Obviously, I have no intent of putting people like like you at risk or anything like that. I, um, I think in my vision of how this ought to play out, I... I what I would like to see is uh, is a situation where where people who are at risk are uh, are self quarantining, are given an opportunity to be put in the best position in that sort of scenario. Maybe we as a society have some obligation to help people through that sort of sort of situation while preserving healthy people's rights and abilities to go about their business and continue productivity for the benefit of everybody. I I don't want to throw you under the bus in the same way that I don't want you to throw me under the bus. I don't want anybody thrown under the bus. That's kind of the uh, Maybe that's the naive pie in the sky hope that I have, but um, I licked your your doorknob earlier, C two K. Yeah, you sent me that story earlier about how the Nazis, the online Nazis, are plotting a doorknob licking. We probably operation. should have talked about that because it really bothers me that people are having their private Telegram messages. I don't know how Telegram works. Is there even a, a private messaging service on? Telegram? I don't use it. I couldn't tell you. Long, long story short is the FBI is monitoring Nazis on Telegram and they claim to have uncovered a plot to intentionally lick doorknobs to spread coronavirus. That was the that was the story. Yeah, I just don't like the monitoring. It's like it just sounded like people shit posting. Yeah, sounds like uh, some bullshit you'd find in our Discord server. Actually, there's much worse in there, I'm sure. For sure. Uh, <laughs> Rainier Chen, I totally echo your worry for the disaster time power grab, Matt. In China, the government is already using this as an excuse to crack down more on information sharing. Now mm. it is half official in China that the U.S. created the virus. Yes, the U.S. created. I forgot about <laughs> that angle, too. Yeah, our soldiers brought it over there or whatever the claim is. Person to person messages are encrypted. Public pages that you follow are free for anyone to view. I, I believe see. the messages that were being monitored were encrypted person to person messages being monitored by the FBI and then the security task force for all of America's synagogues. Mm. Everybody check out the daily mail article. Um, Mojack 420 CDC estimates that influenza was associated with more than 35.5 million illnesses, more than 16.5 million medical visits, 490,000 hospitalizations, 34,000 deaths during the 2018, 2019 influenza season um i'm apprehensive to compare this to the flu because the symptoms are not the same um and i am growing increasingly convinced that this is something that may have escaped from a lab although some people that i find really reputable are, are totally convinced that it was wet markets but i'm open to all things i've heard there's some way to identify that microscopically or genetically if that's the right term but there's a way to actually look 
at this at the virus close up and determine if it was genetically engineered or if it's uh, an organic biological creation? Yes, I did see an epidemiologist um, interview on Stefan Molyneux who said that the likelihood that this um, originated organically is like one in a in a million. Oh, really? Uh, I've heard the opposite. And that's uh, you never know who to. But nobody knows. And then I but I talked to a doctor about it today, and he was like, "That's uh, bullshit. This just happened from the wet markets." And then, of course, I saw Contagion, and that was really accurate. All right. You know, in that movie, it, it comes from a bat. Really? In there China. are a couple different angles about how this was predicted by novels. And the, what what stupid kids movie was it? Um, I forget. There was like a kids movie that predicted elements of this. There yeah. have been elements of fiction that have predicted parts of this story to shocking accuracy, fueling the tinfoil. Well, I mean, it does... It does. I mean, it stands to reason that if you eat a disgusting animal like a bat, that you're going to get disease, and then disease spreads. Yeah. So maybe these people aren't um, aren't geniuses. Everybody watch Contagion. You get to see Gwyneth Paltrow's head get sawed off in an autopsy, and it's <laughs> awesome. Check it out. Um, Sean McVay. People are freaking out about marital law. Chill out. It's just the National Guard. Basically, what can you expect? Um, what you can expect if you bought the U.S. Army off of Wish.com. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hope my husband's not listening. Uh, All right. Uh, Sean Cousins, I work in an Idaho hospital patient transporter. My team are the best. The nurses are amazing and doctors are better than average. I'm going to get through this blonde and Matt, you will too. Media should STF you. Well, thanks. And thanks for uh, doing your part to, to try to get us through this. It's much appreciated. Grill and Thrill, longtime listener, first time donator. Uh, thanks for keeping the LIGO. Simple for us deplorables. Lingo is must Lingo be maybe, yeah. I love the shows with all the quarantines going on. What do you think about possible martial law happening? Hashtag Trump forever. I mean, I'd be really, really pissed off about it. I so far am uh, am happy with what I hear as Trump's commitment to keep the local authorities in charge of what's happening in their localities. I don't think yeah. that he's going to make sweeping federal orders of any kind at least based on what I've heard so far. Um, but if this thing keeps getting more severe, perhaps that's too optimistic. Uh, so, so my answer would be, no, I'm not worried about that. But, you know, two weeks ago, I would not have been worried about all the bullshit that we've put up with for the last week. So yeah. take it with a grain of salt. Uh, Matthew Sturgis, thanks for my Sandy safe space. I'm very sad to see Surfer Mama endorse Uncle Touchy. There goes my last <laughs> hope of voting for a Dem. I'm definitely voting for El Trumpo over Touchy Joe. Everyone well, stay go. safe and healthy thank you very I know much a couple yeah. of tulsi people a couple of uh, tulsi people who will defect not defect people who were trump people already kind of but like tulsi too and now that tulsi's gone firmly in the corner of trump once again yeah yep uh andy d hey guys watching live tonight blonde you look very pretty tonight thanks for the great show thank you for saying that because pregnancy is a time when you're just fat and disgusting and i've <laughs> never felt less sexy in my life it's really bad um, Rainer Chen, my sister's baking cookies with her hair for a Dem event again. She said now that the presidential candidate is low on supply, so he needs some edibles. Wonder what that means. I don't mm. what Rainer Chen. It's between your broken English and I. I, I, I don't understand. I don't understand. Thank but thank you, you for the donation. I'm Matthew Sturgis again. As a comic fan for thirty plus years, the new Warrior series makes me never want to buy Marvel ever again. People they're making for this will not support it. And comic shops are also in a bad way. This only hurts them. I know. It's just like creativity, people. 
Yukon yeah. uh, Don, good show as always. Stay well and we'll see you next week. We will see you next week. Libertas Novi, I'm sorry, but what kind of friggin' superhero wears knee pads? Were they wearing knee pads? I didn't catch that. Yeah, not very powerful, I guess. Not very strong. Nitro Nick Bronson, come on, don't believe the Chinaman. Uh, <laughs> I don't. I don't. Derek Finley, tacos are essential, so I still got to put myself in the line of fire. Good news is that I still get to support my favorite Sunday night beauties. God bless. Thank you. Well, well, thanks. And thanks for staying at work. And listen, I'm still getting takeout, man. Uh, if, if you were making uh, there's a new burrito shop opening very mm. close to my house. I'm very excited for that prospect as soon as this garbage ends. But I don't know if they're opening for takeout anytime soon. Yeah. Uh, oh. Listen, if you if you run a business or you're part of a business that is sustainable, you're essential. As far as I'm concerned, you're essential to livelihoods, including your own. He's making hair cookies for Biden edibles rather than inhaling. Come on, blonde. Oh, it's I see. the end I of see. the show. Yeah. Come on. All right. Uh, so you done? You got more? No, I got more. Oh, wow. Uh, Slosher says, blonde, tell us why the name Chu Ho reminded you of Harvey Weinstein. Next, uh, <laughs> Sean L. Buco Loco. Thankfully, I converted my 401k into collectible Beanie Babies back in October. <laughs> uh, smart, smart investment. Um, I don't know what this means. Brian says, look at what happens when the celebs, two celebs, when they run out of uh, adrenochrome. Uh, wasn't, isn't there some, there's some theory about what that term means. I forget. I, I, I sorry. I, that one's over my head a little bit. I don't know either. Sorry, dude. Uh, Jacob Tola, Matt, greetings from the Republic of Nuevo York. The common sense gun wow. platforms we have suck. I wonder why. Can you recommend AR kit dealers? Tips on 80% lowers is appreciated. Well, of course, all of my uh, advice would be to follow federal law and New York state law to the full extent and never do anything to violate uh, those terms. I've never, um, I've never had, I've never used an 80% lower myself, never done any of my own manufacturing in that way. But, um, but as far as if people are looking to get parts kits that I think are um, for me easy to use, like when I first built an AR for the first time, and I wanted to do this in as easy way as possible with a rifle that's as affordable as possible. Um, I went to Palmetto State Armory. They're a great online dealer. Uh, people will say that they're, you know, they're just for the pores and they're not high quality rifles. I mean, maybe that's true. I certainly don't put my rifles through the most rigorous military grade testing possible. They, they seem to work great for me. And I've got some other kits as well. But what I like about Palmetto is you can have the experience of putting your own AR together for a reasonable price, you know, in terms of the whole kit and the lower you can, they can be had from them for like, I don't know when they're on sale, you can get the whole kit, everything you need for three fifty, four hundred $400 sometimes, which is a great deal. Plus you get the experience of actually assembling it yourself. Now you'll probably need some tools to do that. So there will be some added costs, but that knowledge is invaluable, especially in times where it's crazy. I don't know what New York law is on that sort of thing. So again, ATF listener guy, follow all state and federal laws. But um, but if people are looking to get into it for an affordable price, Palmetto would be my go-to. PalmettoStateArmory.com. Adrenochrome is a like uh, harvested, terrified child blood. Oh. Okay. A uh, two-way. Keep calm and Corona on Teespring. Buy one. Uh, Bryce Byerly, take my non-essential money. Damn it. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Uh, Saint to the military folks. Um, none food grocery loads. I don't, uh, I don't what is that supposed to mean? I, I don't know. It's over my head. Have increased at least as far as I can observe. Am I retarded? I feel like I'm missing it as well. So 
we're probably the trucking industry is going to be protected along with service essentials uh, to stay to it stay safe folks and keep it classy i'm sorry sometimes like one missed piece of punctuation at 8 30 and i'm like Ugh, that was gibberish <laughs> i don't saint that probably made perfect sense um but i but i don't know you know um that is all all right uh Streamlabs will check in uh stooge mcduck <clears throat> sorry about my corona Blonde is looking at the embodiment embodiment of the wholesome female Wojak loving it brightened up my morning while wandering through Victoria is going uh, is going on into lockdown or not. Yeah, Australia is going into like nationwide lockdown as well, right? Really? It's my understanding as of very Thanks, recently. Thanks, Tom Hanks. <clears throat> yeah, must have been him. Kim says, either I missed my one super chat last week or it wasn't read. But like most things a woman says, it wasn't really important. I just want to... Uh, it was just an excuse to get some shekels to my favorite YouTube podcast duo like this one. Thanks for being my sanity safe space. Well, I'm sorry I missed it. Um, sometimes that happens. Um, you know, I, I, I apologize when it does, but thank you for supporting the show. Much appreciated. <clears throat> Uh-oh. Get that throat cleared. Candy Max says, Southwest Florida is okay, but fellow RTs, nurses, right, in New Orleans and Albany, Georgia, are saying it is DEFCON 4 with every patient all are about to start putting ventilators on the floors outside of the ICU. Not sure why it's so bad uh, and or okay in different areas. Prayer for all, especially Blonde's baby. Thank well, you. I would I would expect Florida to be pretty bad given the age of the population there. <clears throat> I'm sorry about my voice. It's going away, I guess. Are you going to die? I'm going to need a ventilator too. Again, Candy Mac, thank you for doing what you're doing and, and trying to keep everybody in good shape throughout this. And thank you for the updates as well. Obviously, I don't have firsthand experience about what's going on in the healthcare setting. Doorknob liquor. He must be on the, the telegram. <laughs> They're spying on him. All Los Angeles gun stores have been forced to stop selling and are only allowing pickups due to the 10-day waiting period for now. I sent you an email yesterday about this. Look for updates as the boot stomps down further and look into Event 201. Yeah, silver linings for people buying guns in California, but maybe it comes with additional crackdown. Who knows, man? Thank you for your the Epstein bar is an underlying condition, and now you're going to die of coronavirus. Mm. Reticus says uh, insider training by Congress. Oh my God, this is par for the course. Solyndra, Biden, and Hillary. I would like to say this was abnormal, but yeah, I also think we need to start calling the Wu flu the CCP because we need to name it after the party to blame. Sure. Phil says nuance is fine and all, but at this point, American politicians have nuked every last bit of good uh, of goodwill they may have had. American elites clearly loathe us, and every turn at every turn they bail out their banker or business buddies while seeking to asset strip regular folk. Yeah, man, I understand the I understand not being thrilled about the current uh, state of things. And I hope we have some way of reversing things and getting back to normalcy, but maybe that's foolish foolishness at this point. Redicus says, just call the journalists what they are, Womow. Uh, Womow? 50 Cent Army? Ask them how much their silver got them once again, or then again, once a commie, always a commie. They are uh, Baijiu. I don't even know these Chinese references. That are the shaft deep in the commie propaganda. I don't know enough about Chinese communist propaganda and the Chinese communist party to know for sure. But yeah, the, the idea I'm not saying they're taking their directions from China, but you have to notice the similarities between the talking points of the Chinese state agency and the American free press. Uh, 
more uh, EC Morgan says, I'm glad to catch the show live for a change. Stay safe and healthy, everyone, and stock up on ammo, water, and food in that order. Eh, hard to argue. You got to... If you're going to stock up on something that's valuable, you certainly got to protect it, regardless of the order that you uh, that you pick. So, so good advice. Matt Ficari says, reading comments about how the governor of Louisiana didn't go far enough in the stay-at-home order makes me lose all hope for this country. That is interesting. As you see that all over. It's like I've been looking at Facebook and the one business or one museum or whatever that might be opened. The people were raging about the roads in yellow the one road in yellowstone national park that's still open they shut down a building and people are like not enough never mind that if you shut down that road there's an entire community up in the mountains of montana that is then shut yeah, off like, what are they going to do yeah so you got all the karens and susans getting mad at anything that's open and demanding it be shut down how about you guys just don't go there how about that we'll, we'll do it that way and stop voting phil says pete peter <laughs> By force, ideally. By law. Stop voting. Peter Alexander's father is an attorney. He's hardly the voice of the working class. Also, check out the early life section of his Wikipedia page. Something about every single mom. Or not single mom. Oh, it's something. mm, uh, Thank you for the observation. It's an observation that's pretty spicy, Phil, but I I appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, Kim says, have you heard about the earn it bill? If so... Are you going to discuss it on the show or in a video? I don't know much about it, but if you have information about it, send it my way. Of course, I got nothing but time to, um, to try to make the best videos that I can. So uh, I'll have another one coming out Wednesday. And if that's uh, compelling material, maybe I should take a look. Over on uh, DLive, I think we're good. Let me double check. We still good on Super Chat? I actually haven't refreshed Streamlabs. We're good on DLive. Thanks for hanging out with us, to guy. Uh, thanks for hanging out with us tonight, guys. I can't even talk. My voice is going. We're closing in on another three-hour show, so that tells me it's time to uh, to get the hell out of here. So thanks, uh, of course, for hanging out with us tonight, guys, and helping us try to figure out what's true and what's not in this land where no, this world where nobody really knows what the hell's going on. We're just all doing our best. Uh, appreciate you guys hanging out with us live. If you're listening later on demand, thank you for spending some of your quarantine time with us. We appreciate that. If you're um, if you're looking for more of the show, as I mentioned, I'll be on quite frankly on Thursday. Blonde's got her motherland show. Eventually, that'll be coming back, I assume. Yep. And we got uh, more um, more material over on the audio platforms. If I don't screw up posting it i've made some mistakes posting on the audio platforms lately so thanks for putting up with that but yeah uh they're all linked in the description for you and on the website as well uh, you can also email us that's beauty in the beta at gmail.com we'll be back next sunday if the world's still around then who knows i hope so uh but of course uh we'll be there because if it's sunday sorry chuck todd it's not me the press it's beauty in the beta have a good night yeah.